Hi, and welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and today I am here with aerialist, personal trainer, and Instagram model, Kyle Suib, and content creator, Louie. How are you doing today, sexies? Good. How are you? We're doing so well. Good. Good. Until I know we're kind of, kind of ran down. We went out last night, and I can feel it. It was a good time, but we slept till one. Yeah. You slept till one. <laughs> I'm going to work. Uh, you problem work actually there is just one more plug i'm gonna throw in quickly it is if you haven't i will say to the audience if you haven't checked it out yet um my friend demilo has put out an album the makings of an outcast which is out now on spotify and apple music and if you want to like check it out i would definitely recommend it it's amazing (sighs) work so um kyle where are you originally from Wilmington, Delaware. It's about an hour and a half north of D.C. Oh, work. And Louie, where are you originally from? I'm from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Oh, area. Yeah, it would be so nice. I w- I, believe me, I wish I was originally from the north. I'm originally from Florida. I live in Florida now, and I can't wait to leave. <laughs> I like Florida. Most of the people in Florida didn't live in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> honestly honestly i feel that <laughs> like we have a blast like i have a great time we'll be there for uh, edc orlando we were in fort lauderdale for my birthday and yeah. like i love the weather i like most of the people like i like most of the gays there but like really if most of the people just left florida florida would be great and like you're talking about like i'd say like orlando fort lauderdale miami are like the three like liberal parts of or- florida and they're not even that liberal <laughs> Well, compared to the compared to the rest of the state, oh yeah, it's like well, we, were, we were just in Austin, Texas, and they're like, oh, oh, all the red likes to visit the blue a little bit. I'm like, yeah, well, the blue is pretty red as well. <laughs> as I always say, when people say like state pride and stuff, it's like, yeah, I'm definitely not proud to be from here. <laughs> just happen to where I happen to be dropped off. So, what was it like for you two growing up as a kid? Oh, oh, that's that's a therapy session. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a very um, mine wasn't the greatest story. It was a law. Like, I dad died when I was very very young. He wasn't the best person, and then my mom kind of remarried, and my stepfather was definitely a much worse person. Um, oh God. But, he gave he gave me two sisters, um, both of them who are practically geniuses, uh, both all star athletes. Um, however, my brother and I had a lot, uh, just a harder time. I was definitely the the I would just say like block between his abusiveness and like the rest of my family. Um, but then, like the moment I was able to leave, I was like, deuces, I'm gone, and. Yeah. You know, like I, my way of coping is like I'll, I'll get the things that I couldn't have as a kid. Like I'm I'm 35. I'm like I have the money to go get what I wanted as a kid. I want this damn Power Ranger toy. I'm gonna go fucking buy it. Of which I have. All my, all my <laughs> and a bonsai tree. Just go bonsai. I was really drunk. Got all those online purchases. They made it really easy now. It just is swipe and it scans your fucked up face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would say honestly, nobody's 
not all people's childhoods are that bad, but I would say any like queer person doesn't have the greatest childhood because like mm-hmm. I would say definitely something that like I noticed about myself is I was like very, very angry as a kid. I think it's because I didn't know who I was. Like a huge portion of it. Weirdly enough, me coming out when I was younger really actually was like all the anxiety was definitely like my own placement. Like I I made the mistake of Googling out coming, Googling coming out stories. And I was like, I'm going to die in an alley somewhere. I'm going to be hauled off and killed. And like, it was just like, Google spitting out the worst of the worst. My even even my psychotic stuff. I like they were all like pretty supportive. Like okay, my problem was like they would just use um, gay and fag as like just oh that's so gay or like the um, anytime I would like I play with like my action figures. I mean oh you're playing with your faggy toys and like it wasn't anything about like actually being gay. It's just that's what the negative connotation they used was and. I eventually, it would just be, would start picking on me relentlessly. Like any type of imagination or creativity in my household was just beat on mercilessly. So I eventually like tried to get rid of it all. And then, then eventually I was like, I'm, I'm over this entire life. <laughs> and I had a different like upbringing too. Like I had a very supportive yeah. upbringing. There's not enough representation of what you can be or who you are like obviously we're growing up in a very heterosexual dominated world but right, as a kid, like, you're looking for somebody to be your role model to feel kind of like the way you're feeling and you're only seeing like maybe a quarter of yourself being represented and you're upset like you have all this turmoil inside like maybe i'm not supposed to be this emotional maybe i'm supposed to be feeling this way like i don't get to see other guys with guys like i came from a very uh, rural high school and everything like that i came out freshman year and i didn't have a problem but also no one thought that I was actually gay. So they didn't really feel one way or another about it. They kind of just went yeah. aside. So just having that representation as a young kid, it's like something that's really big. And until my 20s to be able to figure out like who I am and where I need to go in life is when I got to start killing those things. Because, I mean, first of all, I totally get that. Because it's like, I would say even after I came out, so I came out at 18, I didn't think I truly like, started knowing who i was so i was like 2021 20, and like yeah most kids start that right like through puberty and everything like that when they're just like discovering themselves i mean yeah. the entire like, work process no one knows who they actually are until a lot later in life but they get to start younger yeah i came out yeah. junior of college and even i didn't really like understand what being gay was or who i was right. much after that like I would think I was more insane post college. I'm actually quite a total mess. <laughs> uh, I really didn't like really discover myself or what I was like doing until maybe around 26. Even yeah. Every like, in the past few years, too, of just like yeah. not feeling like you had to stay in your own box because that was a big thing. I'm a very flamboyant person of let's go try new things, let's see how to push the boundaries of this. He's like, you can't do that. You have to stay right here. I'm like, why? Why do we have to? We can do it actually. Exactly. Where people just floating on a big rock in the middle of space. If that can happen, anything can happen. So, exactly. Do what you want. Who the fuck cares? I would say overall, I had a problem with my coming out. It was not family though. So, like, I have, I would say in some ways I was fortunate because I only had to come out to one parent because I came out four months after my mom died. So it was just 
having to come out to like my dad and my older sister who were both accepting. I came out to a youth minister, which oh. was a mistake. Because <laughs> <laughs> I told him about this performance idea I had with a knife because I'm dramatic, obviously. And like, so he left the room. He came back in about 10 minutes later. He said, you have one of two options. Either I'm calling the cops or you're coming with me. Calling the cops. Yep. So I went with him to get a psyche valve. I passed it. He lied to make it seem like I was lying. And as a result, I got locked in a mental institution for 64 hours. Oh, because it's what God wanted. <laughs> exactly. Religious people love you. No. I, oh. I dropped the Torah when I was 10. They handed me a 125-pound scroll, and I dropped it down the stairs. <laughs> and God was like, bag it. <laughs> <laughs> I I said that, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. You're good. As I said, that was my start of the arc out. Because I held on for two more years, and I realized, I'm like, no. Y'all fucking hate me. I gotta leave. Yeah, I got pulled out of the closet because of AOL chat rooms. I don't know if you remember those back in the day, but uh, I had my account locked and it sent all the messages that were in the chat room to my mother. So she had to read <laughs> all these while I was uh, 14. She's like, this is ridiculous. I and mean, obviously she was more worried about my safety and all that. Yeah. These are predators. These are all this and that. And I had no clue at a young age. Um, so that's how my mom found out. And obviously still very supportive, but it was I traumatizing. <laughs> I come from a very strange family. Like, they're all very loving. They're all very caring. Um, yep. But my dad's uh, grandmother, she's like, I love you for who you are. But she would print out news articles of Jesus' huge anxiety of all these people dying because they were out, all these gay things. She would put, print me out statistics. I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, but what you're saying is don't be you because life will treat you badly no matter what life will treat you roughly but you saw yeah. and that's because like arguably so wait you said you came out of like 14 right yeah i came out freshman year of yeah. high school yeah. sex was i was at least like fortunate i could come out in high school and yeah. at my choice but coming out to my parents was a lot scarier because again you hear all these horror stories of people getting kicked out of her house and i had Absolutely. a at the time that she came out um, as bisexual and her mom threw her out of the house for five months. Yeah. yeah. And it's like arguably coming out during that time. Because I'll say when I was 18, I'm slightly younger than you guys. I'm 29. So like when I came out at 18, it was there was a different like tide of how things were going. Because it's like Obama was in office and like that was all like a more progressive time arguably no i if i would have came we had a couple out <laughs> in high school and i knew if i came out i it, I, I didn't want to have the shit kicked out of me i, I probably would have been murdered that, that was like the area we lived in and even then like i when i did eventually come out i still wanted to be like this masculine bro guy who was like i just a guy who likes guys and the idea of like anything like queer and effeminate was very 
like I wouldn't say wrong, but it was for a safety thing for me. It's like I can't be this way because I can't like be attacked. Um, now it's cropped up and high heels and all of the above. Of course, because it's like the thing is, small towns have never been good for gay people. Like never. Like I would say to this day, you live in a small town. I I literally know that because, like, as I said, in Florida, nearest city is West Palm Beach, and that's an hour away. So, like, being in a small town. To, like, educate the populace because when you are in a small town, you're the only point of contact that they have to say, oh, that's what a gay person is, and that becomes a stereotype of this is just it. This is the only part of it in such a wide scale that they don't get. Yeah. Although me and my best friend, because my best friend lives around here too, we both talk about it. I'm like, because I look at him, I'm like, you don't want to stay here for the rest of your life, do you? And he's like, no. I'm like, good. Because being out on my own, living in Orlando for four years, like when I had to come back home, I'm like, I have to save up money to get out. Because like, I know I cannot stay here forever. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I, I took, granted, it led me down uh, you know, more psychotic path. But uh, I was like the first day, the first way out of Delaware. It was like a god by, never coming back. Every time, like, I get weird waves of anxiety. Like when we go up to Philly or New York and the train passes Delaware, from the moment we enter that area code to the end, I have anxiety until we are out of that state. So like all the gays in DC, like we're going to go to Rehoboth. It, it's a terrible beach. But uh, I'm like, I'm from Delaware. My area code in on my phone is 302. There is no amount of money for me to go and like spend time there. No, that's why when people say like, again, saying to Florida, it's like when people say want to go to Miami, I'm like, I'm like, why? <laughs> you, like literally why? Like I get you wanting to go to like a beach. Literally you can go to New York. New York has beaches. California has beaches. Why do you need to come to Florida? Like, <laughs> I have a great time. I, I, I have a good time in Miami. I, yeah. I, I, I like because it's like, what is it? If you work in a candy shop, you never want the candy that's there. Yeah. And I, we had a blast in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, Fort Lauderdale is always fun. Like, the gays down there are always like, stay here. I'm like, are you okay? Like, why do you need us to stay? You just met us like an hour ago. <laughs> well, because we've noticed like gays in any of the Florida cities, uh, Austin, Texas, a lot of our friends in Austin, it's like, we need more gays to move here to change the vote. I mean, we're not changing the vote. I promise you, us moving there is not going to change a goddamn thing. Yeah, I definitely, because. Do you want to be on the, do you want the, do you want attention? Do you want to be on the camera? <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, you won't, you won't change anything. So, like, the notion of just move to red state, taxes are lower, everything is like that. It's like, yeah, you have to pay less in taxes. You have to pay less in rents. But is it really worth it? I mean, no. we, like, what, then we talked about because there was a small stint where, like, we might move to Austin. We're like, we can't move to a place where, God forbid, something happened to you. And legally, they can turn me away because they don't recognize our relationship, our partnership. Yeah. That is, that's a sad thing you have to think about. It's like, when I, well, because my thing is, 
once I leave Florida, I can't decide if I want to stay on the East Coast or move to the West Coast. So I figure West, go West, go West. <laughs> you know, put yourself in the covered wagon. Go get some dis- get dysentery <laughs> along the way. Go full Oregon Trail with it, and then head out. Because I figured if I were to do West Coast. LA is a little bit too fake for me, in my opinion. If I were to do West Coast, I'd say like Seattle. I love Seattle. Seattle I love Seattle. But I will tell you, I don't. I will play devil's advocate. I don't believe LA is really all that fake at all. I think they know who they are entirely. It's just we don't like who they are. They, right. They know, they know. I want to be in this person's presence. I'm on stage. I'm an on camera person. They know who they are. DC, on the other hand, it's a whole different story. DC knows who they want it. DC knows who they want to be, and then they all talk shit. We'll see. DC. I mean, I guess I've never had somebody from DC, so I can ask this question. Other than like the historical stuff, what is there to do in DC? We actually have quite a large like gay scene here. We're at, we have um, there was a lull in like the bar scene, but we have a lot of places that um, are either opening up or just open up. A lot of queer spaces. It, we're an eight by eight city with a very dense gay population. And it's definitely a good city to be gay in. Um, we sadly don't have a major dance club anymore. Town closed, but- um, I started coming back um, uh, like last two years. I had friends down here, but they weren't much yeah. like, go out and actually do things. They weren't like, oh yeah, I made this itinerary. We're going to go see these things this weekend. So I thought DC was very boring. It's very staunch in the hetero sense. But right. We're coming out to visit uh, Kyle and Cam. They started saying, oh, these are all the things that you can do. And I've been coming down for like two years straight. Mm-hmm. You get, you can get lit here. <laughs> I mean, it's again, it's a, it's a super walkable city. There, there, we don't really have um, more or less like a gay district anymore. Everything's very sparsed out well yeah you can get really anywhere the food scene here is good we're also known as being the meanest gays in the country which is they come with their own warning label yeah because there's a campground up by me and it's a huge campground uh, people come from new york jersey pennsylvania people from florida california all to come yeah. here and everybody's always like there's the DC days. Because again, camping is all about being like super friendly, getting to know everybody. It's very inclusive. All yeah. mm-hmm. um, the areas, the DC gays just are the only ones that don't quite get it. And they try to use their personality architecture there. And it's like, no, that, that doesn't, doesn't apply work. here. It doesn't make you a cool girl. It doesn't make you fit in any faster. And they usually find out and sometimes apologize. Be like, I'm so used to just being like this in my space. So it's a lot different than when it is so accepting. I've traveled abroad before and like, oh, you're from DC. I'm like, no, time out. It's just my address. Yeah, because it's like when people talk about like, granted, you say DC gays are mean. There are mean gays everywhere. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're naturally mean. I would like to say we're just smarter than straight people. (laughs) That's why it's like whenever I, like, make a shady comment, I always feel like I have to tell straight people, I'm like, I'm joking. I'm joking. Like, <laughs> calm down. I love I love, I, what does that mean? Because I love being a part of a culture where I can say I'm living and I'm dying and I mean the exact same thing. <laughs> I, I love it. About, I forget also that, like, breeders cringe when someone will yell the word cunt. I'm like, oh, wait, that's a bad word for you. <laughs> Uh, you don't have the right to see that. Yeah, I was like, oh <laughs> shit. Or 
um, I'll talk to like one of my friends. I'm like, oh my God, there's just, uh, we're just a bunch of faggots out doing this. And I'm like, when, when straight people hear like us say faggot, they're like, what? We took that word back. I'm like, yeah, out. I was like, please. That holds no power. I, we walk the dogs and someone will yell, oh, faggot out the car window. And I'm like, Oh, oh, man. oh no, I would mean, it's a straight person. I'm like, yes, faggot is still we use it as us, but when yeah. they when they they hear that people are still yelling that at us, everyone's like, that's real. I'm like, yes, this is a real thing. It is an occurrence every day. And that's, well, that's it's, the lowest. <laughs> it's like bitch please. It's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's my friend. Mm-hmm. Like I know faggotry about. Everywhere I go, <laughs> I will say it's so, it is so hard being around straight people because I will say I used to work near someone who was like bisexual, and then that was like great. I never had like a gay coworker before, or, like a queer coworker, and then like all of a sudden she quits a like work at, at home job. I'm like, why are you leaving me? Like, <laughs> I need you. I have a really <laughs> bad tendency to be like a straight or like a heterosexual setting. And then I'll start drinking, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, straight people. And I just... <laughs> like, we just have random acts of hate on straight people. For everyone who's watching this, I don't believe that. Please don't <laughs> Do not cancel me. Um, but I'm like, you know what? There are these ra- like, random gay gays get beat up outside the bars. I'm like, let's just go pick some terrible-looking white person, throw a brick at them. <laughs> Do it. And oh, I'm yeah, I'm very much I'm over the whole let's take the high road because it doesn't exist anymore. But my boyfriend's like, you're gonna get us killed. I swear to God, because we're in a beer hall of all terrible places. And I'm like, let's just go hate crime straight people. Uh, again, please don't cancel me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it's also to like shit that they say, like certain things that happen. Like everyone's like. They feel like it's okay to it's feel like oh you're in a queer space you can sexually harass somebody no no like, oh I I someone needs to tell the gays that the truth I I find that having heterosexual women cisgender women in a queer space gives some of them some some rights and power that they do not have I'm like someone will come up like grab like my my dick or my ass. I'm like, how about I punch you in the fucking tit? Like, I'm, still thinking about her butt. I'm like, I was like, where where is that? I I went. You're if I went up and did that to you, your giant boyfriend would snap me in fucking half. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, absolutely not. I also DC has a very beautiful like uh, heterosexual like female population. But the straight yeah. men are so fucking horrible and ugly. They all look like angry runners. That's like the only runners, way I could describe yeah. DC. <laughs> they all look like hungry, upset runners at six a.m. during a normal week. <laughs> and I'm like, I look at, I look at her. I'm like, what's your confidence level at right now? Does he have a lot of money? Is his dick big? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, I will say this: living in Orlando, there was. I never really had actually no, I shouldn't say that. I definitely was sexually harassed. There was one time I was like parking my car to go like perform somewhere, and like a guy just like rode up on a bicycle like right up to my car and just like whipped out his dick. Oh, here it is. That is a Florida thing to do. 
It's hot in the pants. Yeah. There are, there are headlines we see that only come out in Florida. <laughs> and I literally, I mouth the words to him, I'm like, go away. Like, no, this is not part of, like, my getting ready process to perform. I'm not going <laughs> to suck you off before I go in, fucker. Like, I see, when I get ready to perform, it gets everywhere. Oh, this is your energy string. <laughs> yes, but also you don't have to worry about like messing up a mug, sweetie. That's not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's like, and as I said, he wasn't getting the point. So I literally turned on my car and like drove forward. And that's when he rode away on the bike. I'm like, you sat here for two minutes. It's like, if I had wanted your dick, I would have gone out and done something earlier than that. <laughs> I'm like, here's my number. Call me. There before. are. You can get my MP. Yeah, yeah get some ready. people. Some people got some uh, some undeserved confidence. Well, it's because it was it was a black guy, and like I know black guys are into me, but like still, like time and place, time and place, bitch. Like, <laughs> you like this. <laughs> It's like, you like this? I'll do stuff with you after. Because, like, at that same club, I got fucked in the parking lot once. Like, after I was done performing. I'm like, after I was done. Yeah, and I can mess up my lipstick. Or tear off the pattern. The gig, yeah. It's gig always first. Gig always first. Oh, sweetie, I don't have to pad thick bitch here. Like, yes. especially the fat ass, I did definitely. That's why when somebody's talking about pads, I'm like, how do you, like, do anything with those? Because, like, I just natural body. I'm half naked. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's why, I like, when drag queens take like two to four hours to get ready, I wear sunglasses all the time. It takes me thirty minutes to get ready in drag. So easy, <laughs> so fucking easy. Like, I I don't know how to do any sort of makeup whatsoever. So I'll have my circus partner do mine, or I'll have him do mine. I'm like, fix my face, do it. Because <laughs> you know you look a hot mess, even though like. I'm tired. Oh, oh no! I'm tired. I don't have spackle for that. Yeah, I look like I've been sleepy since 1991. <laughs> work so what was it like for you both moving oh wait well no i'm looking louis louis not from dc but what was it like for you moving to dc so i started like the move process to dc when i was still in college and i kind of i had no actual intention of moving it was just my very first boyfriend lived in D the dc area and me having no concept of what a gay relationship was or what a healthy relationship was, um, just did everything he said. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm moving here. This is also to give you character content. This is the same type of person that told me if I was to think about any type of like attractive, like attractive feeling about anybody else, it's considered mentally cheating. That is the type of person. What? Tell me you're a pick me girl without telling me you're a pick me girl. Oh yeah, but like he was, he ended up being super emotionally abusive, and he made me basically move, like put my entire life in the DC area. And then finally, when I had gotten like the courage to like leave, I was like, I didn't have anywhere to go. My parents are useless, and they were supposed to like help me, and they just never showed up. So I was like, okay. Um, I had gotten a job um, in the government just be like, I was because I was like, I need to, I need to work. Like, this is a right. requirement. And then I had gotten an apartment, uh, I had gotten a, a apartment, a roommate and just kind of stayed here. 
um, stayed working with the government until I said, fuck that, <laughs> then got in fitness. Works. Yeah, but I mean, even though you ended up in D.C., you're probably grateful that you got out of Delaware. And like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would I have done things differently? A hundred million percent. Yeah. But I am happy because I play the game of every time I cross the Delaware border, I set a timer. How long will it be until I see someone I went to high school with? And so far, the, uh, <laughs> the fastest is about 11 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> we went through the toll booth line. And I'm like, oh, you were my gym teacher. Oh. <laughs> that is a weird thing because I was actually just having this conversation with somebody. I got a message on Facebook about like my 10-year high school reunion. And I'm like, right. do I really want to go? <laughs> they, have that, they have that on Facebook. Like, you're coming to our 10-year. I'm like, I, I hated all you fuckers then. <laughs> why? Why? When I come we back. We talked for 10 years. Yeah. I have no interest in finding I was like, you, you are a prick. The, like, our class president was such a fucking bitch. <laughs> like, that's such an, un, like, a, an elitist fucking cunt. And I'm like, you, why would I want to be friends with you now? And then, like, the ones who did call me gay and faggot in high school, I'm like, you're a fucking faggot now. Like, they'll, they, <laughs> they hit me up on Grinder. I'm like, absolutely not. None of you are cute. Yeah. If, if you were cute in high school, you peaked. That was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, I see a lot of the people who stayed in Delaware and they're between 28 and 33 and they have kids already. I'm like, this is not a life that I would have ever wanted. Cameron and I have three dogs. That part, that part. Three dogs. That is more commitment than a wedding ring could ever possibly be. Right. Still want a ring. People get so. See, my thing is, if I were to do it, I would honestly only show up and drag, just like make sure. a statement and be like the center of attention. That's the only reason I would do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I, I, it is the, it's the right way to do it. <laughs> There's no rules. I, there are. I would show up in like I would say I'd show up in my circus attire, and that is just a g-string. <laughs> this is what I do. Like I. I was a tiny, like I was a nerdy little kid in high school and I was on the stage crew for um, like our musicals because I always wanted to be on the stage. I always want, I could definitely, this voice can't sing, but um, like I always wanted to be on stage, but I was so afraid of it because I was already picked on enough and I yeah. was just so abused at home for being, doing anything creative that I didn't want anymore. So I chose to be like on the sound team that way I can know everyone's lines in the show. I can, like, while they're singing it, I can sing it in my head. Like, I had that. And I would just go home and just recite everything because that was, like, the closest I thought I could get to it. Right. And it's a good thing you know that about yourself because there are some gays who believe I can do music. No. no. I don't know. I, this you, is my gay card I should do. <laughs> you should see us at, at, at show tunes. That, that self-awareness flies out the window. Oh, when you're playing <laughs> Disney after three cocktails and you're just like, yep, I know every word. Should we yeah. do it and sing it out loud? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Will we? Yeah. Absolutely. With I, choreography. <laughs> we go to, uh, what, what is, what's, the, what's the bar? What, what we, go uh, Tavern. we go to Tavern in, in Philly. Philly. And every time we show up there together, the bartenders and usually the like the ones who go there, it's an utter groan. They all, they all yeah. just 
There's a video of me peeing Kyle up in the middle of the dance floor to My Heart Will Go On for Titanic. <laughs> and we, I, God, we irritate everyone so much. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm saying that for some of you. I actually am a musician. I actually can sing. So, like, I will do it, but just know that if you are performing around me and you suck, I wear sunglasses so you can't see how my eyes look. Mm-hmm. That, see, but that's a time where you lower the sunglasses yeah. like, you've earned this. Show tunes and he can sing. He belts it. I was like, I'm just going to harmonize with you and pretend, okay? He's like, okay, baby. Yeah, I was like, you have a very strong voice. I'm going to be um, the background here that's actually just not singing at all. <laughs> My uh, circus partner's well, not now, now, now husband, um, beautiful drag queen. Um, he sings live, and I'll I'll be like butchering a song. I'm like, Davy, Davy, come here and just sing this, and let me pretend it's me. See, work. Like I will say that, like as a drag queen who sings live, it's honestly why I don't get booked much because they. I had I had a gay person tell me they let me perform there once and I went to try and go back and perform at their club. It ended up closing down. They're like, "Oh, you sing live. You don't do the drag." I'm like, "I'm like, sweetie, you're gonna tell me what drag is? Uh, this is the ultimate." Lip-sync. Let me let me guess. Was it a tiny little twink with a bad attitude? <laughs> tiny, yes. Twink, no. But yeah. yes. <laughs> There's nothing more dangerous than an empowered twink. <laughs> you're right why do, why do we let the twinks rule anything because <laughs> they're angry and hungry they just need to eat <laughs> like poor, Danny, Danny came to mind <laughs> eat it you'll be fine have a chicken nugget but they don't because they want to look like Par- well crap I was going to say Paris Hilton I don't know any I don't know any younger like that's how I can tell I'm getting old. Like Paris Hilton is like is like an idea of like a modern reference for me. <laughs> they do just chase that forever, and then they find out that that expires. There's an expiration date to twink. Mm-hmm. And it's twonk, and then it's sad. <laughs> the star just goes out. Your gay star is fading, girl. <laughs> That's why that's why I say like in some ways I'm grateful that I'm like thicker and like I, I have a type of guy who's into me because it's like I can get old and you'll have no problem with me getting older. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I think it's funny when like I'll meet some like, some twink that's like, oh I'm like, I'm I'm this big strict top. I'm like, I, I'll crush you with my pinky. You're as big as my leg. <laughs> And also, it's like anyone who thinks like, "Oh, they're ugly if they're over twenty-five. I'm like, "Good luck till you're there, girl." Like, just fucking wait. I if someone like there's been a few like guys like we'll be out and someone says, "Oh, I'm like twenty-three," and I'm like, "No, no. What 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 color? What type of game? What was your what type was your first Game Boy? Please tell me." And <laughs> if it is anything, if it is anything like before after a Game Boy advanced, I'm like, absolutely not. He said that we'll. Brick, I had the brick one. Yeah, I have a high Tetris all the time. Do you want to be on camera too? Is this what we need? <laughs> yeah, you know, love this is, this is, die without it. Yeah, I know. Okay. This is our empowered twink. Yeah. He's very fluffy. <laughs> you all wear fur coats. He is not. He's <laughs> my son. Because there's, there is, there is like a certain point where it's like, you think that in the moment, and it's like, 
my thing was realizing it's like, oh, white white gays are the only ones who think like this. Like mm-hmm. black and Latino guys don't give a damn. I'm gonna head towards you guys. Like mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh I I'm much I my boyfriend hates when I say it, but I'm like I'm in, I'm into like much like thicker guys. And yeah. so I'm like I'm like, well, I'm into you and you're thick, and then he wants to throw something. His ass is like beautiful. Yeah. Big ass. Cameron. (laughs) You really want attention, don't you? The huskies are starting to surround us. Yeah. I remember my twink period because I'm 5'11 and I'm supposed to be a huskier guy. And I yeah. looked lollipop back when I was nineteen. Big old head, five eleven, and hair. Okay, okay. You want me to finish? <laughs> but I narrowed myself so so skinny. I had a big old head and a stick body. I'm like, this is terrible. And I finally found burgers, and I was like, ah, this tastes like home. <laughs> and I was See? Okay. oh, go ahead. Yeah, I had that unrealistic like weight because the thing is, like, I'm also not only am I a big bitch, but I'm also tall. I'm six foot three. Like, my crazy imagination thought, you should weigh 150 pounds. I'm like, how is that healthy at all? <laughs> yeah, I was, in college, I was a lightweight rower by uh, my like, early years, and we had to stay 150, 155, and I was, I had no concept, like, I had no concept of what, like, health was. So I'm, like, no. eating diet pills and, like, monitoring, like, food and, like, chewing gum just to spit out. Because I was like, it was either I stay like a stronger lightweight or be a really like heavyweight. I'm like, no. no. Also, I have in my like now that I'm in fitness, one thing I've learned that no high school coach and hardly any college coach has any concept of what good health is. And so I was like, okay, well, this is definitely not the way to live. <laughs> Well, you also know that because, like, those, like, BMI charts are usually not accurate for everybody. Oh, like, I've been obese my entire life. Yeah, I, I, technically the BMI says I'm obese. Yeah, and it's, like, that's why when people say, like, you have to be this weight. I'm, like, no, I'm the weight that I'm at. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work out, like, try and change it. But it's like, I've just naturally been a bigger person all my life. I've just learned to accept it. Like, 165 and I'm 225 right now, I would look sickly. Yeah. And even if you could be a bigger person and still be healthy as hell. Like, one of my friends, she is a a plus-size model pole dancer. And she's much bigger than I am, much stronger than I am. And super talented, like in the circus field, and she's incredible. Yeah. You can be a bigger person and still be healthy. It's just like you can. I mean, there's a there. You can be a bigger and unhealthy, but that's also like being a very small person and very unhealthy. There's extremes yeah. both sides. Totally. So, Kyle, what made you want to become an aerialist? <laughs> I I had um, so I didn't actually go. I want to be an aerialist. I had I was in the fitness industry in DC. I was managing a gym um, that what is probably the most toxic place on the planet still is. Um, 
And I was working a full-time training roster, a full-time teaching roster. I had no idea what a healthy work-life balance was. Um, I was dealing with a very um, abusive um, and very HR-violating manager. And one day I said, fuck it, I'm done. I quit everything. I threw it all around and said, I'm running away and joining the circus. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I did. Now, before that, for about a year, I had been um, performing at um, uh, all... um, an all men show um, at a burlesque club here in DC. And that is where I actually had met my circus partner, Tom. And I was like, I really, I, I want to get into this. Like I've always wanted to just never really had a reason. And he and I started, um, I started taking, I started taking lessons and he and I started training together and it was still like more of a hobby. And yeah. again, when I had the whole, like, fuck it, I'm done. I'm leaving. I ran away to California, joined the circus, trained out there. And then as much as I loved San Diego, there's no money in San Diego and it's very expensive. So I was like, okay, well, this isn't making me a ton of money. I, so like all DC faggots who want to the city, we all come back. All of us. Yeah. There's no exception. And I came back and I'm like, I'm still going to do this. Like I have a poll in the house. Uh, Tom and I practice um, at his studio. We have classes here and I love performing for like prides and like the gigs we have here. So that was like, and how I, how I actually still got into like that, that burlesque show, I was dating guy in Orlando and we had just um, gotten back from uh, Lanuba, the Cirque show that's there or was there. Yeah. And, um, and I had just gotten this random ass Facebook message. You should come and audition here. Da, da, da. I'm like, this is spam or I, uh, this is, this was fishing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. And, but that's literally my my thought process and everything. Gonna die. Um, and one of my other buddies who had just gotten um, gotten an audition for a show in Vegas. He was like, "Go, go to the audition. What can they do? What, what can they do?" So I went to this audition, and I'm with like these beautiful, beautiful guys. And one of the guys like, "I've danced for Rihanna. Um, oh, I, I've danced for Taylor Swift, Beyonce." I'm like, I. I did ballroom in college. <laughs> <laughs> so we were doing the additions and I, I'm going to ask him when we're doing the reels video, I can't pick up choreography quickly. It's so bad. Like when people are like, one, two, three, four, do I'm like one. <laughs> and then we'll come after one. Two. Like I, I cannot hold on to it. And so it takes me a little bit longer. So we're doing all this choreography. I was like, can I just show you what I know how to do? And I grabbed um, a friend that had come with me. I was like, we're going to just do a basic Foxtrot. There it is. And that's how I got that. That's how I got that gig. And then this stuff just came through that. He's a beautiful performer. We've seen countless shows. Him and his partner do incredible work. Yeah. As I say, I get that not picking up choreography thing. I, I can't either. Like. Oh, I, it's part of the reason I didn't really do reels or TikTok. Well, I still don't do TikTok, but like I didn't do reels because like, that's how it got big. Everyone's doing like the TikTok dances. And I'm like, yo, that looks really cool, but I can't. <laughs> and then I realized I was like, oh, who the fuck cares? <laughs> no. No. And plus, like standing out is better anyway. So if you were to like do something that nobody's ever seen before, like it's, it's, it's taken me a while to be like, like own the own the stupid 
own the suit. And when someone's like, oh, well, wh why is it that way? I'm like, thank you for paying enough attention to that video that you had to comment, which is engagement. And then I had to respond, which is even more engagement. You're helping. You're helping. You're making it better. Thank you. And there's so many people out there that will love your stupid. <laughs> See? I wish I had that mentality. I don't. The yeah, minute I see a the long minute, time. It's a skill the set. minute the minute I see something hateful, I block somebody. It's like oh, oh you have to. Don't read the yeah. comments. Don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. And then I read the comments. like my my boyfriend had to like make sure I wasn't like getting up and checking things. Like the first thing I did in the day was that and watch CNN. Ruined the whole yeah. day by eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you eventually become stronger to it. Like I will say, when I do read it, it's like the last hateful thing somebody said about me. It was like I did a cover of like "I Touched Myself" by the Vinylist, and somebody said like it's a good thing you do because nobody else is going to. And it's like block, delete. Yeah. I don't need that in my life. The like, thing about it is, it's not truth. Like it doesn't change anything. It doesn't yeah, you redefine yourself because somebody else said this because no, it has touched you. Somebody still enjoys touching you, and it probably will be back in that parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> I just exactly. I have the mentality of like when some like, and it's definitely we can always link it back to some childhood trauma where I was so picked on by the people that I was supposed to be close with, and for the longest time I wanted them to feel how they made me feel. So when someone would comment something, I'm like, no, I need to drag you down to the level that I know you're at. But that, that never happens. That never is the case. Well, so big of a projection of yourself of that's why you're putting it out in your universe. Because once you start not caring, exactly. this mm -hmm. isn't my truth. This is not what I'm projecting. We all have our insecurities. We all have things that we're working on. And half the time they're like, I wish I had that ability to put myself out there because uh -huh. nobody wants to put themselves out there because they're afraid of being ridiculed. But all you're doing is triggering somebody else's like, demons and then uh, even more it's when you are when you don't acknowledge it or when someone says like some when i'm like you know what I, my body looks great and when you when you exude that confidence or they someone tries to come yeah. out that best thing to do M make fun of yourself self-deprecation is my favorite humor and <laughs> other people so fucking uncomfortable and so like angry because they'll try to come at you i'm like do it there's nothing you can say to me that i have not already made fun of myself or just like be the joke, like sacrifice an arm for the punchline. And when that, when whoever's like dig, making digs at you can't control that narrative, they implode. They yeah. implode. I also have a very big rule now. I'm like, I will always go toe to toe with somebody. Like, if you want to, want to like throw daggers for fun, I love it. It means you and I have a mutual respect and it, it, it is fun. It is fun. Like, like, I love that kind of stand up too. But you can't throw daggers at me and then get super sensitive. You can't. The worst. You can't start off and then later on. Well, I felt bad this way. I'm like, well, absolutely not. No. So when I, when someone starts at, I'm like, you have two choices now. You let me know where the boundary is because I will step over it, on it, across it, in every which direction if you do not tell me where that boundary is. And if you're sensitive about it, then let's not even go there. Let's yeah. Have a donut. <laughs> It's like honestly, it's like the I always say the difference is like when you're throwing shade to somebody, if you can make them laugh in the process, yes. you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. But don't start laughing 
yeah. and then get pissy about it later. Exactly. That part. Don't be like, oh, I'm a good vibes only. But anyone who just screams good vibes only, I'm like, you have nothing to contribute. Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> like throw a throw throw shade, make it funny. And if there's some truth to it, there's some truth. I sound like Fran Drescher has never stopped smoking cigarettes. You I get into Ubers and like the Uber driver asked me if I have a cold. Drag queens ask me for cigarettes all the time. I'm like, no, this is just what I sound like. But like, I own it. If I was to do a snatch game, I'd be... Um, Harvey Firestein from <laughs> yes, Mark. Have you seen Jeff Goldblum? He's my son. Okay, just go along with that. So, like, what 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 can you say about me that I have not already like made fun of myself? About? Yeah, it is like especially if you get to know somebody, it's like okay. And sometimes I can't help it. Sometimes I just like say something. Like all of a sudden, I've done it on this podcast before. It's like. I'm just talking to somebody, and then all of a sudden, like a shady line just comes out, and it's like just there, and I'm like, they're you laughing should. though, so that's a good thing. Like, <laughs> you, should hear my boyfriend. you should hear my boyfriend. Like he does it like so unintentional, so unintentionally, and he'll say something that is the most eviscerating thing, but the person laughs, and he's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like he's he he has made it into an art form. Of course, I literally I had to because like. I had a shady sister, so at some point I just had to learn to like start like. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're gonna wear that? Okay. <laughs> my mother would. Sh- my mother showed up to me one day, and she was in horizontal stripes and cargo pants. I said, "You will get back in that fucking house, and you will change." <laughs> I will not. I also. I, I. I have no idea where I have any any of the audacity. To speak about anyone's fashion sense, I'm in sweatpants and a tank top 99%. Yeah. I wear gym clothing to formal occasions. I have no concept of it, but I have the I have the nerve to look at something like, why? What were your choices? The gay audacity. The gay audacity. <laughs> <laughs> this card says I can. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, I get it. I dress comfortably too. Like, I work an office, I work an office job, but I literally I answer phones. Like I'm like, why am I getting dressed up? Nobody's seeing me. I'm literally sitting behind a desk. Like, I wear t-shirts like four out of five days of the week. It's like I don't fucking care. Like, and then comes that random occasion where like, oh, I need to be in formal attire. I'm like, fuck, I don't own anything. I don't own anything. I literally, I don't. And then they don't fit. And then they don't fit. Or that ones are screaming. We or we like rush deliver a tuxedo, and it tastes or it feels like burlap. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. We did our best. We did our best. That's why, yeah, that's why I would, somebody would never invite me to a formal occasion. I'm like, oh, the amount of a good shirt, the amount of text (laughs) messages that like we'll get. It's like, hey, we're going to go to this on whatever day. Kyle has to wear a shirt. I'm like, okay. I have pretext is saying, we're going to go out to dinner and we're going to dress something nice. These are the (laughs) ones that you can pick through of what nice is, not the best gym shirt. I feel like this is very pointed. <laughs> well, first of all, gonna point this out. If I had your body, I wouldn't wear clothes either. Like I mean, honestly, like <laughs> either of your bodies, I wouldn't wear clothes ever. Like shit. <laughs> that's why, yeah. That's why I chose focus. Nudity is great. Nudity is great. I do. Uh, yeah. 
I do it in drag. That's why, like, I am very much like I would dress half naked in drag, like, because I've it's it came after the pandemic. I just like fucking owned it. I'm like, you know what? I have this vision of drag. Why am I not doing it? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm like, because I'm not skinny enough. And I realize I'm like, no, bitch, no. it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I I will say because I have a lot of. I mean, I'm just. So drag, so we have a great drag scene in DC. Um, Crystal Edge is one of the most iconic performers I've ever met, and she is all around. She brings in so many different drag, like local drag performers, and she builds out these incredible shows. And like so many like plus size drag queens who are doing the jumps, the splits, the sprints, and I'm like. If I did a quarter of those things, I would have had a heart attack. You walk get breathless. I do. I, do. We were, I walked up a hill, and I'm like, "This." I, like, I'll walk up a flight of stairs, and I'm like, "I am fake. Winded. I am fake fitness. I am dying." But it's I'm like, they'll do they'll do sprints around the room while either live singing or jumping in splits, and also in full drag and unfazed. I'm like, "Good, it's good for you. Good for you." I am wearing a jock strap and sweating to death. <laughs> exactly and like my whole thing is like literally being in florida so like i don't know how y'all do it don't yeah. know how. we yeah. were in, oh at pat we were at palace just for a show and i'm complaining because my shorts are too short and my skin is sticking to the seat right which is out there in full drag climbing a pole and i'm like yes okay all right I, I, makeup as it just oh cool. I, I look at that, I'm like, okay. It was a good day. <laughs> I, I fucking love Palace. I literally just I went there. I just went there like a month ago for like the first time. And like, because so, somebody said, they're like, you live how far from Miami and you've never been to Palace? I'm like, I didn't do much gay exploring when I lived in South Florida. I'm like, I'll do it now. Yeah. Because no I time like the present. We're, um, my friend and I are actually going to go down to Ultra for the first time in Miami. And I'm like, this is going to be an experience. Let's do it. Yeah. So you said, so wait, you said you've been to Orlando a lot, right? I used to live in uh, uh, Kissimmee when I was younger. Okay. Oh, okay. We, so, then, it's Kissimmee. 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 Terrible place. Um, but, yes. uh, we, we this was long before my dad died, and we were there. Then fast forward, my first boyfriend loved Disney, so we went down there, and we had yeah. actually passed my old house. And I called my mother, and I said, "We lived this far from Disney World, and nothing. And you never no. told me. Did you hate me? What was? Why was I such a? Why did you hate me so much that we never went? And I, I was like, "This is great." And then um, fast forward, I was dating. Um, a guy down there who worked for Universal. So yeah. I would go visit him and my dog and I would just go through the parks all day. Yeah. I And then we, there's EDC Orlando. We yeah. Like I, I love Orlando. I absolutely love it. Um, again, Florida people can leave, but uh, yeah, we just always have just the problematic ones. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, I, we do, I want to take um, them to do the, uh, is it Wakaba, the, the Springs down there. Uh, 
What are you talking about? Like Disney Springs? No, 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 uh, no. Um, no, no. It's like the Cobb Springs. Like people go down there to go swimming and everything. Oh, crap! I'm trying to think of it. There's no it starts with a W. That's the when one. Wild? Where like, Look, when wild? So what? When wild? <laughs> no, it's. No. Like, I, I don't know. We were just sitting there. So I was like, "Look, that's an alligator." I'm like, "Okay, we can yeah. leave now." <laughs> um, yeah. But like, I love Orlando. It's always a good time. Okay, well then you'll definitely know the place that I used to perform at. It's not open anymore. I used to perform at Parliament House. <laughs> I miss it so much. I know. Uh, I keep seeing the things like it's gonna come back. There's gonna be more. I'm like, is it? Is it? Well, first of all, where they said they were gonna move it to, they're like, they're like, we're gonna move it downtown. I'm like, so you're gonna move where? it to where everywhere already is. Best part about that, best part about Parliament House is there's, I told you about that, there is a strip because it's it's a direct line from where they have EDC Orlando. And it's yeah. the only place that they said, you do not stop at a red light. Blow right the fuck through it because you'll be murdered. You'll be, <laughs> they will pull you out of the car. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> for, for, first of all, let me put it this way. I used to live not that far from the Parliament House. That's not true. <laughs> I was like, they terrified me. I was like, that's insane. I love <laughs> rest of soul. I no. my gay exploring and I heard so many things about it. And finally, the year that I was about to see it, they're like, nope, it's not here anymore. My favorite part is it's a resort. <laughs> there used to be people who stayed there. I stayed there once after I moved out of Orlando because I just wanted to visit. Mm-hmm. I only visited that place twice before it closed down. And I'm so lucky that I did because, like, mm-hmm. we had a lot, like, even in DC, we had gay bars in the time back when were just so great like apex was the coolest um town i yeah. i truly didn't appreciate town until it was gone like a, a dance club that size and just a place to go see drag enjoy friends yeah. we i i get up so early it's really like hard to do like evening time things but when uh, suddenly it's not there anymore like you you miss it but I get that. I'm I am because when I tell people how early I get up during the week, it's literally just because I exercise before I go to work and I have to have time. So like I get up at like four a.m. So like, yeah, I wish I was able to. I get I get up at four a.m. My boyfriend gets up at five thirty, and I'll get our huskies out on about a mile and a half, two mile walk. But like yeah. if, if I was to be like better at time management, I know I can get up a little later. I'm up to like the last 10 minutes. I'm like, I get 10 more minutes in. I need, I'm so time. slow in the morning. I get up, I shower, yeah. I take my Adderall, have my breakfast, <laughs> walk the dogs, improve my attitude as I'm walking the dogs, <laughs> get yeah. back. And then I'm like, okay, I'm functional. Yeah. Cause I'm definitely on one of those people. If I had to like, some people are like, I, I work with people who are like, I get up 10 minutes before I come to work. I'm like, I would be half asleep. I'd be half asleep. I, I shower to wake up. Like, <laughs> I, no, 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 no. Also, you like to be off camera. Um, but I. So since you get up that early, you know, you know the time of night that if you are not asleep by your next day is going to be miserable. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mine is eight thirty. If I am not, if I am not prepared to go to bed by like eight thirty, I'm like, oh, I already know this is bad. And you do that instant math. If I was to fall asleep right now, where I stand, I would get six hours. See, 
I mine is 9 p.m. There are days the last time I had to do and I did an interview with somebody on Thursday and I was I I purposely set my alarm to five just because I knew like I didn't get to bed till like 11 and I'm like there is no way that I'm going to be able to get up at four and do anything. So you said you're 29, right? Yeah. So there's this magical thing that happens when you hit 30 where exhaustion is worse than a hangover. (laughs) It just, it happens. And then your hangover switches directions. You wake up feeling really good and then it gets worse (laughs) as the day goes on. Like, oh, I made it. It's not going to get me. It got me. Yeah, I'll, I'll teach a class and I'll just, um, I'm like, okay, I feel good. Like, yeah, up around after the first class, I'll text him or my boyfriend. I'm like, I've made four choices. Yeah. Four choices. We gotta get a, I want to get an espresso martini after this. That sounds great. Yeah. But as I said, like, that's, as I said, I'll do that regularly. I usually try and give people like an hour and a half, but like, Sometimes when I get a drag queen on here, drag queens don't ever like to shut up. So like, <laughs> like mm. that's why I did a two hour and thirty minute, thirty eight minute interview. I'm like, fuck. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk. <laughs> Absolutely can. Yeah. Let's go monster before this. Like, okay. I'll oh there. no. Yeah. I, was, like, I got home after work. So we went out last night to like our like local EDM venue. Yeah. Went around three thirty. I taught my first class at 10.30 and I got back. I was like, the moment we're done this, I'm going to lay on the couch for a little bit. You're going to bring right. a cocktail. <laughs> and I was up by five yesterday to get into work early so I could get down in DC early. And we went out, had fun. As soon as I got home, I went, he's like, no, no, no. You have to go shower. And I'm like, I'm already passed out. No, you have to shower. <laughs> and I was out until 1 p.m. today. And he's like, get ready for the interview. I'm like, what time is it at? Two. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, some like uh, some of the people that was uh, coaching today. Like we saw you last night. I was like, those are sentences we don't say. <laughs> you didn't lie to me. I didn't see you. Blurred vision. <laughs> the best is I was in San Diego and I was uh, doing a trapeze gig. I'm in a jock strap and I just hike my leg up over my head and I'm like like doing a small spin and I look down and my client is just standing right there. I'm like, like hole out everything. I was like, we're closer now. I was like, cardio Monday. Cardio yeah. Monday. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, where are we going? Oh, <laughs> you turn. Next question. Next, next question. I'll get to the next question. So, what was it like the first time? You... The first time. Oh, okay, that is, yeah. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I skipped, I skipped the question. <laughs> Which question? Which first time? He didn't make any noise. He just played there. There was no five I'm, minutes in. <laughs> what, was it, what was it like the first time you performed? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different. He just played there. <laughs> um, the first time I performed was actually. So the first time, like I dance performed, like with my the group I was in for the uh, for the um, burlesque show. Terrified, absolutely yeah. horrifying. Because why these guys are like feeling their rhythm on it. I had the only training I've had was ballroom and it's fairly choreographed at that point. I was in my mind, I'm like, on my four counts, I have moved over here. I'm like doing yeah. different brain processes at once. I wasn't feel there was no musicality, looked fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> and then my first performance with Tom was for a, with a, a student showcase. 
And like, it was great. Like when I, when I looked first saw it, I was like, we look fucking awesome. But if I look back on that video, I was like, you burned this son of a bitch. <laughs> oh my God, a flexed foot. It's terrible. Um, but it gets, it gets better. I go through waves of anxiety. Yeah. Um, but then when I realized at one point I am performing for all these fucking homos who are rolling tits high off their mind and they have no idea I'm up there. It's fine. At one point, I, it was during Pride. I was like, did you see the aerialist that was up there? Like, what aerialist? I was what like, never room mind. was that in? There's only one room. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I was like, never mind. It was like a giant moth. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have known. Um, new costume. New costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, I don't get as nervous anymore. Um, yeah. Conceptually, on the ground, when I'm talking about an act... I, I'm freaking out about it, but when I'm up in the air, it becomes complete autopilot. And my partner and I, we we can communicate just like through fingertips of what we need to do. Oh, work. And usually it's don't let me die. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but I I love it. I love that thrill. Um, I love getting down, and it's just I I like to be the center of attention. I love everyone. What? Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> 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 to anyone who's listening, I'm calling for help. Um, but I, there's no, it just, that cl- it just, it's so cool to be like, I do this and I'm proud of it because I have gone so long in my life doing things that I was told I need to do and that's all I should be proud of. Like I was told I need to work to the bone. I need to, and I, for a long time, it was like a, um, not a pain point, um, like a, a badge of honor that I worked 20, uh, like 26 hours in this many days or like I was, it was like I wore my exhaustion with pride and I'm like, this is not healthy. Absolutely no. not. So now I'm glad that, like I can do like these these things like I can say I teach these really amazing classes I perform this way and those are like my pride points. Also, like I look to what I have like in my life now. Like I have three very beautiful dogs, and like these boys are like my pride and joy. I have an amazing boyfriend. I have a friend that is a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> like I I've learned to take pride in better aspects. This is a very long way of answering how do you like performing? He did it as a little gay sound boy that wanted to be on stage and he did it and that little boy weeps in joy. Me. I'm kicking back. <laughs> I hate you. This is where I always get to tell people the thing that shocks them the most. So actually how I started doing drag I actually started doing drag a different way than most people did. I started at open mic nights and straight bars because I'm a musician. Yes, you went full Eddie Izzard. Work. And as I said, audiences always had like a good reaction to me. The, the, the only time the owners got mad at or not mad at me, I got t- they told me not to do something. So I had screamed motherfucker in a microphone the week before. And then the week after I got told by the owners not to do that, I'm like, I'm at a bar. Like, I'm not allowed to scream, motherfucker, into a microphone. (laughs) See that? Then you should just yell, (laughs) "Cunt." All right, 
All right, you you just go with something much more horrible. I'm not allowed to say motherfucker, but you cunts can handle it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have worked too. And, it, and you're like, what do you want to say? If you're adventure, I've given you two options, more options than you've given me. But I think it's because there's like old people in the audience, and I'm like, Damn. they use that word. <laughs> we're, we're partially, actually, we're majority where we are because of that. I still think I still think hate kind of skipped a generation because you have a lot of people who are very gay accepting grandparents. Oh, my grandmother's the best. Yeah, oh my gosh, she, she is. is. She is amazing. Incredible. But uh, then you have like parents who aren't. I'm like, I'm confused. How? Who did you wrong? Yeah, I was. It wasn't like, your mother? <laughs> or, for example, I would I would think if my dad was alive today, he would be very gay accepting. I also 100% believe my dad was gay because I just hear like different stories. I'm like. Oh, oh, dad was a homo. <laughs> Absolutely. Mom was a fruit fly. Mom, mom looked like a drag queen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Darcy? Tall. Darcy, yeah, with her pompadour hair. It, it's because your dad very well may have been, but it's also the time because... Oh my God, we have a car up by me. It's out in Redding, and I used to go there and... All of the people there would say, "Oh yeah, I have a son and a daughter," and I, I'm like, "When did you come out?" He's like, "About like last year." And he's 45. I'm like, "Oh my god, what a different life!" Mm-hmm. And then you have like, uh, like I remember when I was special as a young age, I didn't fully have a, and I never, I truly never will, like a, a full grasp of the AIDS crisis. So when yeah. I had older gays trying to like talk to me about like sexual health i'm like mm, okay you know what? you're just old and <laughs> truly had no oh also if i would have ev- if i ever had the opportunity to meet younger me i'm going to hate crime myself <laughs> i will absolutely i will be the one that hits you with my car and yells faggot <laughs> no the thing the things i was saying and doing back then ooh, ooh, good god but like now I like I understand I understand a lot more about like gay history, the people who allowed us to be here. Right. Totally. And I would say if I met if I met me who had just come out and I told myself, okay, you're gonna be a drag queen who runs a podcast and you get to interview hot guys all the time, I would have been like Stop lying to me, bitch. Why are you building my hopes up like this? I've been like, there's no way. You're a musician. And it's like, I'm going to be like, listen, sometimes you got to learn that you got to trick your way into into doing what you actually want to do. And it's like, mm-hmm. my pod, me podcasting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or me podcasting, it's to get an audience to like eventually come and buy my music. That's literally what my thought process is everyone has very different daily affirmations yeah today <laughs> mine, mine is i will still be above the ground <laughs> okay so has anything has anything ever gone wrong when you were performing and if so like what happened <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so wait, is Cameron going to hear this? Because every time I tell this story, he starts cackling. He's like, no. Okay. Um, so, 
in practice once I dropped Tom and I thought I broke his spine. Um, yeah, he was out of commission for a bit. In a competition, I will spare all the details. <laughs> um, basically we we're rigged into a tent system, but instead of being rigged, like rigged into like the tent itself, we, there was a bar underneath that like was a little more sturdy. I had my partner at the time, I had thrown these moves a thousand times. The tent had a little bit of sway to it. Ooh. And we went to throw a move. The girl I was performing with, if I would have just left it alone, would have landed on her feet, done a back somersault and looked stunning. Autopilot me. I threw her and the tent swung backwards, which took me with it. I just didn't feel it in the body. And I went to grab her, which threw her off kilter. She hit the ground so hard, like only half on the, the pad. Luckily, she's bendy like Gumby and can bounce like Jello. <laughs> and folds in half over herself. She rolls to standing, takes a bow. I was like, I, I truly had thought I killed her. That's just her ghost. Yeah. She's got I, exit stage left. Yeah. Right. But like she, she felt nothing. And I got that. I was so mentally destroyed because then I had one of the judges like, you shouldn't throw moves you don't know how to do. I'm like, I, I was, I thought about quitting circus. Um, but like we ended up like taking second place, but I was like, I, I, when I'm trained, when like you have a partnership with somebody, their well-being yeah. is your top priority. Tom and exactly. I, we don't, we've, we've stopped moves before just knowing like it's not going to go well. Um, another time I was standing on the trapeze and I don't know what happened. I just blacked out and fell. Um, I woke up and I th had no idea what year it was. And then wow. the concussion made me, uh, think they're trying to keep me locked in there for an eternity. <laughs> that, was a, that was a long day. Um, but thankfully, like nothing truly horrible has happened. Um, uh, there was the cocaine incident. I did forget that. Um, there was another time where <laughs> I had actually, got, I had was in DC. I had gotten, I'll keep this one quick. <laughs> I, had oh, gotten, I had gotten hit by a car and I had a gig in Denver. And I didn't want to cancel it. So I had wrapped up all the injury and yeah. um, I'm at a nightclub there and I, I had to hide because I couldn't show them all like the missing damage. And I had a dragon behind me who goes, what the fuck happened to you? I was <laughs> like, you'll tell no one anything. And so I, there, I have a very strict no substances before going up. I would, couldn't deal with the pain. So I railed a line of cocaine. Um, <laughs> Life <laughs> felt great. Went up there and I had more, I had it was more brazen audacity. I, I had confidence I should not have. And I went to do a move that I had no business doing because I had only seen it on TV and I had never do done it. <laughs> I did it and I did fall. But I did not hit the ground. I caught myself on the trapeze in like, like, like by my feet. Another move that requires years and years of practice. 
and dumb luck and, yep. <laughs> and my boyfriend at the time like i got down i'm soaking wet and he goes that that's not your in your routine i'm like i i'm very well aware i'm missing skin from my knees all the way down to my ankles and he's like you're very sweaty i was like no i totally peed myself <laughs> <laughs> and that was that so that was that was in the very beginning of my circus career See, I've never had anything that bad. Like, obviously, of course, like any musician, I've forgotten lyrics when I'm on stage. I just try and like go with it. The Water only the... add more, yeah, add make, yeah. make the lyrics. Yeah, whatever the ones are better than the old. Yeah, one jack beat. <laughs> the only the only time that like something like really bad happened. So I was like performing at a bar. I was just about to get off, and like the whole bottom half of the stage and the bar was black. So, like, I wear sunglasses, so it's already hard enough to see. No, oh, no. Whatsoever. And then all of a sudden, I, like, took one step, took another step. I missed a step. I landed forward on my knee. Luckily, I was wearing pants, so, like, nothing happened. And, like, I broke my shoe. So, like, but I still finished the night because, of course. As, as, as one does. There's a drag queen up in uh, New Jersey, Cali Couture. Aww. She is known to be a stunt queen. Like, she will throw herself absolutely everywhere. And she was on the bar, I think it was like two weeks ago, and she was duck walking, ready to go, and then she frog jumps oh. off because her heels slip on the paper on the bar oh. and just, ba-boom. But, of course, her drag mom made it into... Bananas, B A N A N A S. Who's your drag mom? Ariel. Oh, I don't know if she's your drag mom, but like they always perform together. So, oh, I talked to her the other day. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, I always ask people what it's like to have a drag mother because I don't have one. So, like, I actually went to a, a queer community like outreach and whatnot and there was yeah yeah that he was like 17 but fully in drag so i just called him my drag mom through my adolescence and everything like that and i kept him as a friend until i was like 18 so at least like brought me into the gay culture much quicker yeah not yes but <laughs> davy's my drag mother yeah miss Mariah. miss Mariah. yes do you have a drag sister i love her because like She's the only one around here who, like, I actually kind of can stand. Because <laughs> you always have to have some level of like annoyance, though. You're like, okay, bitch. <laughs> well, no, it's like I've had her former drag mother has like shit talked to my drag. She's like, and I'm like, I'm like, listen, I'm like, that's fine. You're you're known around here. It's like I'm interviewing people in Boston, L.A., New York. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm doing it. Also, like, if you're why. First of all, why give a shit? Like, why are you? Yeah. Why why are they coming for like your, any anyone's thing in general? It this yeah. is a performance art. Yeah, exactly. So oh, I'm throwing any type of shade, but you know, it sounds <laughs> nice. Again, it's just they're as serious as they wish they could. As no, it is. <laughs> and listen, I'm not mad. Literally, her like most famous drag daughter, who's Trinity the Tuck, doesn't even talk to her anymore. So that's got to say something about you. As a drag mother, if you have a famous drag queen who never talks to you. They do it well. You got them there, but they did their own. Yeah, leak. No, I'm reading. Oh, here, here, here we go. So, so when did you learn how to pole dance? 
it's been a few years now. It truly, it's just a lot of things I'd already learned were easily transferable. Right. So, um, like I learned Chinese pole in circus school, and it's just it's literally just a much taller pole. It's like wrapped, and you can like run up and everything. Yeah. And a lot of things you can do on like a trapeze rope, you can do on a pole. And then I started um, doing online training. COVID was really cool with like connecting me to people on like in like London, UK, yeah. um, who do pole dancing. And I just set it up in my house. So I've been doing, um, you ever had a chance to look up Dan Rosen? Oh, good God. Um, yeah, he's, I've done all, all his classes. Um, Dr. Doug, I've trained with him. It's, I just, classes, classes, classes. Yeah. Classes and the need to make really stupid content. <laughs> That's actually, no, I got one more question for that. So what made you want to become a personal trainer? I wanted to do, I wanted something fitnessy when I was in high school. I like to go into college, but my mother in all her wisdom, was like, no, there's no money in the fitness industry. You should uh, definitely go into like the government, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, do that. Worked for the State Department. I hated my life. So I was like, let me go do something I want to do. I started teaching cycle classes and just one thing led to another. Um, it wasn't until maybe like three years in that I really like wanted to find my niche. I had a very obscure view of personal training of what fitness was. So I was yeah. just, like, go and lift weights, but I started noticing this and this it, it, really came from a lot of circus stuff too. Um, like people's inability to actually like work out smart. And then yeah. they like, people would see other people working and like kind of uh, mimic it. Like if it works for them, it works for me. And I saw a lot of injuries then um, those people who get injured, like, oh, I tried to do like fitness stuff and I'm just never going to do it again because I hurt myself. I mean, no, you just weren't coached correctly. And then I basically, I had my, I had a lot of classes where I was very much like, come as you are. Like people wouldn't do classes because they felt intimidated. I'm like, if you're ever in a fitness environment that you feel bad about being there, it's not going to be, it, it, it's, it's not the, the instructor. It's not right for you. You, right. You should go in knowing you've already you're already there for starters. That's a win in itself. And as an instructor, I am simply a guideline. We you do what works best for you. If jumping isn't your thing, give me a step. Like there's always something. And I see, especially in like my morning classes, I get some some of these bigger girls who have never set foot in class before. They come in do what they can and they feel great about it. And then we work a little bit more, we work a little bit more. It's some of these like skinny bitches that come in who only pick up like the two pounds and do literally their own thing. I'm like, this isn't even programming um, that I, I, I have like kind of, I go head to head with. It, it's just everyone, no fit for me as a personal trainer, no fitness should alienate somebody else. If you want to go try pole dancing, no matter your physical capabilities, let's go try pole dancing. You want to go um, work on a squat, we can go work on a squat. If the squat's not good for you today, guess what? I will get a bench out. You can sit down, stand up. Like, 
no fitness should make anyone feel less than. And I know that's saying a lot concerning like the gay community where it's just like a ton of like white gays on Instagram that only hang out with white gays on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and there, there is like that, but also on the flip side of things, like uh, it, some things, some people comment on our things. It's like, oh, they only make that for like, like fit white people or like fit gays. And I've had to come back and people, I'm like, here, let's com- comment your dinners real quick. Or someone else like comments it, uh, on someone else's body. Like there'll be no one, no body shaming anywhere on my social media whatsoever. I will attack you. But um, that person, I know for a fact, tracks every one of their meals, does not drink, is very religious about the gym. That body was not just given to them. They worked yeah. so hard for it. So you what, what what it that's what they are they have built. They've curated that over many, many years. So yeah, that's great. Why why are you coming for that? That wow, that is like such a good thing. And it's like there's so many people's notion that like as you probably know this being like someone who's fit before they even like get to meet you their first instinct is that person's a bitch like literally immediately and it's like i at least i've found from doing this it's like you can't just judge a book by its cover sometimes people are like fucking nice like yeah you gotta give it a chance i am and i will be the first to admit that i have been guilty of that uh, many times I can already hear your thoughts. Yeah, I, can already, I can hear them. But it um, is like you do judge people right based off of their looks right away. Yeah. And I, I have been surprised. I have been pleasantly wrong many of the times. A few times I'm like, no, I dislike you for a reason. And that is very true. We went to P-Town for a vacation and I had a wonderful time. I'm a big person. Like I want you as colorful. I want you to have as like free and enjoyment of who you are and all that and i always find like the interesting niche people to go up and talk to and i've like watched fireworks an entire random like crowd of groups not having a single friend around me and whatnot and they were the nicest and i came home from um that vacation and i went with like about eight gays and they're like well you only had a fun time because you were pretty i'm like no no i found the fun people yeah you chased after the circuit boys that didn't wasn't aware that you were even there yes <laughs> and that's why they had a bad time so like it is all what you're going out and looking for and giving that person a chance. Cause I've, I've definitely met people. I'm like, that was more than enough for one interaction. I think, I think we're done here. <laughs> but then you get to meet the coolest people. Cause you're like, I would never have expected to hear this from you. Oh yeah. Like we like to talk to anyone and everyone. You more so than me. Sometimes there are sometimes he'll go out. They're like, have a full conversation. I'm like, it's, it's, it's two in the morning. We're shutting this down right now. Well, I get life of people that want to like go back and forth and talk. Like I'm like, I'll add more. I will like go talk about your entire upbringing and all this. And it's just so neat. So then I find those people that like are so stingy with like with their information or just being like, oh no, I can't deal with that. I'm like, why? Are you just not feeling good today? Is this well, this is your personality? Yeah, okay, I will. If, if that's your personality, at, no, yeah, that's where I'm a better personality. At some, at some point, though, if we are out raging and it is in a crowd, no one's no one wants to have a conversation. In the middle of EDC, jam- jamming out with music blasting. That's the Red Bull. That's not my problem. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll, be, we'll be out like hardcore dancing, and you <laughs> like people are having a conversation. I'm like, if all this music shut off right now, you'd be screaming at each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, 
first of all, that that shows that like you are two extroverted people. As like a performer, I am very much an introvert. That's why like being a drag queen is great. I don't usually have to start conversations with people when I'm a drag. People just come up and talk to me, mm-hmm. and I like it that way. Well, my boyfriend's it's- very introverted, and <laughs> we feel bad for him when he's with us. So people, he's like, people coming up and saying hi to me. Why? It's exhausting. <laughs> His social interaction is exhausting. It, I'm not, I'm not that bad. Like if somebody says hi to me, it's, there are some times where it's like, I will talk to people because I will admit, I have a bad memory. So like, there may have been times I met you. I don't remember what your name is, but Martin, you're hello. clearly. Oh, hi, babe. I'm yeah. so good seeing you. I wonder how many times I've hung people that I've never met before, but acted like I knew them for their entire life. <laughs> then, then you get wild out when they have a lot of information and you're like, oh, I guess I did have a conversation with you. The guy from that. Yeah. You, you yeah. smile and nod, smile and nod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. No, I don't. Life. No, <laughs> it's, and it's like, especially being a drag queen, you meet, you meet, you meet so many people. Like, mm-hmm. you just do because everybody wants to talk and it's like, and it's like, well, I first of all, I have an iconic look wearing sunglasses and like clearly just sets you apart from everybody else. So it's like the craziest part is when you like, I just had this discussion with somebody. If you like go up to somebody that's like clearly you know and like they've never seen you out of drag, and it's like it's jarring. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do um, a game show spin to win at gay bars in Philly, and Caroline Caroline was a drag queen and she did an amazing performance. Funniest queen ever. She is on the spot at all times. And obviously, like, I was just boy, Vanna White. I would just go around and do everything. And everybody would come up and talk to me after the show. And she would be out of full drag. And they would just walk past her, not knowing at all. She's like, hmm, hmm. I did all the work. It's fine. <laughs> You're not even acknowledging me. I'm like, you don't look like a woman right now. <laughs> nice. But, in the real world, it's the same way. But sometimes it's helpful because, like, there was an event that I went to that same drag mother who I said had shadily talked to me. She was at the event that I was at. I went to go see my drag sister who has seen me in and out of drag because like we're friends. And it's like she didn't even know who I was. And then like later on in the night, she was literally hitting on me. Incognito mode. Go. <laughs> and erase that Google history. And I'm like, I'll let her do it because part of me wanted to be like, bitch, you fucking know who I am. But I'm like, no, let let her do her thing. She's drunk off her ass. Thank you yes. for both of your faces. Yeah. Although the next, and I didn't tip her at that event, because the following yeah. event, I was out of drag at. She recognized who I was. I'm like, well, now I got to give this bitch money. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't, like, pull it off and be like, oh, yeah. And she recognized me. I'm like, I'm like, fuck. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> But I wouldn't tip. See, the thing is, with me and tipping, I only tip big if I know somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, or it was stunning. I, I have the polar opposite. I'm like, have all of it. Take it. Take it all. I, uh, if I, if, if, even if I, it's like, meh. I'm like, have it. We were at the it. Drag Awards, and we had like our stack of ones. So oh, we handed them out. He will grab the stack and hand it to the first queen. I'm like, I'm like, you deserve this. I have. Oh, yeah. And but the, I've been in D.C. for 13, going on 14 years. And, like, 
most of the drag queens, like, we all know each other and they know me. Yeah. And fucking Crystal knows it too, because, like, I'll hand her like five or six bucks and she goes, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Give me your fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your and, password. <laughs> oh, 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 and she knows, she, she knows, she goes, I dare you to say no to me in public. I have a microphone. This is war. <laughs> See, the microphone helps. I would say that's the one yeah, thing where, it. like, the one thing that's why nobody's ever stolen my tips. Cause, like, it's like, I would dare you to try. I'm literally singing live. So, if I see wow. you, if I see you trying to grab my tip, I'm literally going to go to the DJ. I'm going to be like, stop the music. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid to do it. There's nothing scarier than a drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more terrifying than drag with a microphone. <laughs> Work. So, what made you want to start doing goofy vids on Instagram? I, I, I've always wanted to do it. Like, I always wanted to, but I had the problem of like, what was everybody else thinking? Also, I was that person as well. I'm like, oh my god, look at this influencer, blah blah blah. When I'm like, in he was reality, so mean about it too. He's like, oh, they're like this, they're like this. I'm like, do you want to do it? He's like, yeah, I want to do it, of course. Because like, I was always like, when someone when someone sees somebody do it, like, oh, uh, what are they doing? Let's see, like, I see. There are times I do think it's wild though. Like, what influencers will do? I'm like, you're rolling backwards on the street like with a camera upside down, it looks ridiculous from our point of view. But then when you see the video, I'm like, that's yeah. so awesome. And yeah. I realized a lot of the people were like saying like the nasty things about it. I'm like, would you go out and do that yourself? No. What, what You're not doing it. Also, yeah. you don't have a fucking face for it. And I saw your social media so young mm-hmm. as well, just to like track my body progress. I grew up as a brand right. kid. And then I went uh, through school and my background's in business and I learned how to do marketing and all that. So I started applying that to my social media as like, I have a test run and it started picking up traction. And I was like, well, we can make money off this. I'll absolutely do it. The beauty of a dollar is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was able to reach out to such cool, like content creators and people with different like aspects. And then they're like, we want you to showcase our work. And I'm like, sure, let's do that. And I've gotten a lot of like backlash about like, you look so dumb doing this. I'm like, yeah, it looks cringy as fuck, but oh. I'm being paid. <laughs> oh yeah, when someone's like, we'll give you five hundred dollars for a post, I'm like, that's five hundred dollars that I didn't have before this, and it took me a, all I had to do is push the button that says submit. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and it's it's very freeing too because like I had it's been really neat watching you transform. It's from yeah, the very beginning of it. It is a, it's just it's a lot of fun, and some people will like roll their eyes at it but i'm like but i bet you at night you're just scrolling through instagram watching it and that's a, another person did the exact same thing i was doing nothing on social media is original fuck you're either a consumer like, or you're a producer like those are the only two aspects of it like mm-hmm. you do enjoy it. and the thing was he's like oh this looks like such a little thing and i was like all right we'll do one with me he's like oh these are a lot of work i'm like yeah there's a lot of effort that goes mm-hmm. into it because then you have to edit it make sure that it's actually and that's that's only if it's like you're like going hardcore some of the things when i learned what a transition was and it's just literally flicking the phone i'm like that was one of the that, hardest skill sets to teach yeah you. that was it was like, i don't understand the timing when to put it in yeah. how it looks so like laggy and like i go through i definitely go through especially right now social media like ebbs and flows like there'll be like tomorrow yeah. We're setting a few hours aside just to 
record content because like I'll say I'm going to do it like during the day and the day goes by the day goes by or I yeah. go up so early I'm like by the time I record content I'm like no the couch is right there <laughs> um, but like we have a lot of fun doing it. like I know I want to like step my content up a little bit like I've been looking up different like travel transition I'm trying to like fa- uh, change the direction of my social media a little bit um, but like I want to see like more like travel um transitions like like fun things like i do a lot of stuff like right here in the living room right but, um i want to do like more like out and about stuff and usually it takes like two people to do it that's why like we make a good team with that because it's hard to do like we try to do it on vacations with other people and it is almost kind of at the point that it's rude to go that's, out and take time to go yeah. do it because everybody's kind of like we're supposed to be hanging out with us you're supposed to be doing this and it would be fun to be able to get done but I'm like, all right, we have to play yeah. enough time for them, play enough time for if us. If we, there is a level though, like if I fully dedicated to social media, I know I'd be unstoppable. However, when I'm out at a bar, when I am with friends, if I'm at a yeah. show, I get so wrapped up into what I'm doing and like really enjoying like where I'm at, enjoying the people I'm with that I often forget to like record stuff. And then I, I find myself getting irritated at the influencer who is only on their phone at this show um, or like taking a tripod out, like in this small crowd and like, yes, the content you're getting is awesome and it will look good, but I'm, I, I get irritated when it's, when it's just like, you pay attention to like what this you're doing. I get very much hey, lost that in the part, like that part, like seriously. Mm-hmm. It's just social politeness. Yeah. But then also I'm like, huh, could I, I should probably do that. <laughs> Cause I love making content, but I will only do it in the safety of my own home because I don't want people looking at me. Cause I know yeah. that they're like, Oh my gosh, are you so like devolved from what life actually is and all that. So that runs through my head all the time. And it makes me very nervous. I'm like very conscious of if there's anybody around me. And all that, and it takes a lot of effort to actually go out in public and do it. Mm-hmm. We've gotten better at it, though. Mm-hmm. We've gotten weird. We were at the woods making content, and he was getting a little like itchy because like people are watching. I'm like, when has it ever mattered? Like truly, actually, when has it? If anything, we're they're getting a show, and each one of them, we have no idea who the fuck they are, and I guarantee they all follow us. And so. the cool thing, yeah. people at the pool are like, I love your campy videos. I love your funny videos. To be able to like, yeah. wow, you're so neat that you get to see both of you do like, what are you doing today? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And then we're also like so close. Like when when we're recording, that there's no one the fuck else. Like occasionally, we'll get my boyfriend to like do it, which is. Hilarious. hilarious he he hates it so much <laughs> but turns on he's like all right here it is yeah like we, we got only get to get one shot <laughs> yeah yeah we, he's very much we will do this in one shot and i'm not moving at all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that body in one of them mm-hmm. um he said marsupial in another. he said marsupial in another um but it's also i like his he he was giving me shit about the social media originally and it was just I was like, but are you gonna do this with me? No. What what right. is what what's so yes, but there some things are like cringy. What's more cringy? You want you want cringy? Go scroll back to the first text messages we ever sent each other. That's fucking cringy. All right. Yeah. 
And everybody needs a hobby. Like, yeah, again, it's just like a hobby. It's not our main source of income or anything like that. Oh, I wish it was though. And you go ask somebody that started knitting for a hobby, like, show me your first granny square. And they're like, that's yeah. Like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so again, like we all need just an outlet to be able to express yourself, be able to find out more about yourself because you're like, can I do this? It takes a lot of confidence to go out and put this out there. And it kind of re-asks you the question of like, are you okay being you? And there are also things that you could go, like, you could definitely cross a line more and do, like, more shocking things. And would it be worse for you? Like, you're doing yeah. simple stuff. You could be on OnlyFans making money. So, like. And it takes confidence. It takes a lot of confidence to do that. Some people have more confidence than they should. But. <laughs> there, was, there have been some OnlyFans boys. Like, I would, if, if Cameron would have done, would do an OnlyFans with me, fuck it. A hundred, a hundred percent. The amount of the amount of fucking nudes videos I have sent out, I can make ten feature length trilogies. <laughs> I want, oh, we can monetize this. I'm giving this away for free for Fuck charity. This. I did this on, I gave this away on Tumblr. Fuck. Um, but like, I'll get some crap from like only some of the OnlyFans boys. I'm like, girl, you have a lot of confidence. I think people are so. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Announce that he is home. But I'm like, you have a lot of confidence to think people are going to, like, pay to see you have such. So, mm. But you have the cop, you're putting it up there. So, all right, what do I have? Yeah, in this day and age, you need multiple yeah. streams of income. One job ain't cut, cut it for the American dream anymore. Mm-hmm. No. I wish my jerk-off videos were worth, like, $17 a month. <laughs> well, there's literally that straight guy, his two-turn pony. He literally makes millions off yeah. of his OnlyFans. And then couple million off of his like instagram presence and all that mm-hmm. and he just started a couple businesses Fucking, the jake guy in uh, there it was there it was that happened um jake guy in australia he it does he does the bare minimum and makes millions see it's also the thing of i hate this shit like when people say like oh this guy's straight it's so awesome it's like no why yeah. the fuck are you supporting people that aren't in our community that's my whole thought on it mm-hmm. like I wouldn't do that. When I find out somebody's straight, I immediately unfollow them. I'm like, oh yeah, I, everyone has a fetish. <laughs> I look if we're gonna, I fetishize straight people, do it. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm very anti-breeder. When they're like, "What? Well, I brought my straight boyfriend to the gay bar. Why?" Oh, on <laughs> default mode, they can't get any other accessories. <laughs> no, I want your Claire's boyfriend. <laughs> Most pe- most people are. They just won't admit it. But like, there's nothing more gay than a heterosexual man. It's so true. I've been touched <laughs> more by a heterosexual man than mm-hmm. I have a gay man, and that's saying a lot. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. I get more compliments on my body, more handsy handsy, and all this. I'm like, yeah, you're straight. Are you? Are we sure? <laughs> to take you out for dinner because you just grew my ass. Mm-hmm. I'm like. <laughs> They tell us about like the things they did, like in their college frat, and like. Oh, I, you were the okie cookie. I was like, it. I, at this point, I've been out for many years, and I haven't even done that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's material. Okay. Frats are some of the gayest thing, gayest like. Oh yeah. Institutions oh, in the yeah. world. Like sexuality is just a scale. Like as long as you're enjoying it, it's until somebody said, Don't do it. Turn? 
that's when you're like, yeah. oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Uh, but we were just talking about the, how many times the straight men think about the Roman Empire. This one was like, I asked my husband, he's like, all the time. And we found an article, it's like, only the biggest men with the longest schlongs were made the bravest men as soldiers. They're like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. I could go into the war for that. <laughs> Work. So, what are what have both of your dating lives been like? I know you said you're in a relationship now, Kyle. Yeah, so. How long have we been together? Five years. Five years. Wow. I just got out of a 12-year relationship, so I'm just oh, exploring the dating scene for the very first time since I was 19, and it is it is scary out there. <laughs> well, see, this is the proof that I'll point out there are successful relationships in the gay community. I wouldn't know about it myself, but because I've had... You worked very hard. Yeah. <laughs> you Cameron, Cameron, dating me is easy, isn't it? The easiest. <laughs> Your face said it all. <laughs> oh, fucking treat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've had our ups and downs. Like relationships uh, are work. It is. It's two people that are totally opposite to come together and say, "All right, we're going to coexist." It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Cameron, Cameron and him um, switch off on um, custody. I'm like the babysitter. <laughs> I'm like, Cameron, do you want to go uh, down to that crowd? And He's like, go call Lewis. Oh, yeah. It's like, I, because like, we'll, we'll do, we're, like, we're a fun little raver family. And I'm like, yeah. do you want to go into that, the middle of the crowd and like feel the sound through the bodies? It's like, no, no, I don't. I'm like, I, I don't. <laughs> But that's so nice. I'll say the longest relationship I've had is was a year. I dated somebody who, when they broke up with me, they left a note with a key in the door. We were living together at this point. And they're like, they're like, they basically wrote all this stuff. And then like towards the end, they're like, I'm transitioning. Huh. I know you won't accept me for the way that I am. Which she wasn't wrong about. Because like, again, growing up in a small town, this was theoretically during my college years. Yeah. I didn't really know much about trans people. Like, yeah. So, I like, well, I think like nowadays, especially people coming out younger and younger and younger, I truly didn't understand what sexuality was until I was like 15, 16, 17. Someone's like, oh, I came out at 10. I'm like, I I didn't know what my foot was at 10. (laughs) I played with Bungie at five. If I knew what the word gay was, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I was like, that I, tracks. Oh, yeah, I'm my dad's G.I. Joe's. I'm like, oh, I'm gay because these have muscle. Um, yeah. But like, I look at the, like, especially younger gays now who know, who were like raised in the trans community who are, who right. are aware of it versus like us who, when we came out, we were already like, just, it was just gay and straight. And yeah, definitely. We were already dealing with just being gay and how terrifying that was. Oh my God, gay is a spectrum. There is bi, trans, and and all the other letters of the alphabet. And like I've had to do like my own education in in that respect. But again, it comes from representation because like I didn't figure out what gay was until I watched my first porn, and I'm like, oh, I like dick. That's that. (laughs) It's out to because I knew I was a very sensitive child. I loved girly things. I played with Barbies all the time and there just wasn't a word for it. So I just thought this is what I'm supposed to do. And no one ever like, right. my grandmother bought me my first Barbie doll. 
and it was a Princess Jasmine. I know. And that was the only time I kind of like hid it away. She's like, nope, it's okay. So I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, it wasn't until pornography. I was like, oh, that's yeah. I was told to like, like what straight was like, like liking girls. And I would, it was back to like the porn. I noticed the porn I was watching was like five guys and one girl. And like, and I put my thumb over the girl. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was always paying attention to much more what the dick was doing. I'm like, ah. But I also didn't know. I'm like, that's what like, gay was. Like, that's what I was seeing. I was like, this is just what entertains me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so my brother, to it. my brother was a prick. And he tried to like set me up. Like, oh, this is when we had like, when it was like the, the Comcast, like the re- record shit on cable when it first came out he put all like this um porn on there and uh recorded it and like blamed it on told my parents blamed it on me because i was dealing with the password and at this point i I figured out like oh i'm gay i'm like that's not what i would have put (laughs) (laughs) this is what i pulled up (laughs) one girl in college tried to say like i like pushed myself onto her and i'm like nah i was sleeping with your boyfriend (laughs) <laughs> very true story and that's the only good choice you made <laughs> and she was like oh I can't believe he would like force himself on me I was like no uh, your boyfriend was in me <laughs> yeah I love when some people say like they look at when you talk about like having sex with somebody who has like a boyfriend or has like or has like a girlfriend or has like a um wife I'm like look they're the ones cheating not me I'm just here. They're making this decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, at that point, I was like out, out, and I would have taken dick where I could have gotten dick. There was, there was, there was a time where I'm like, "Ooh, what is this standard? It does not exist." Of course not, because when you first start having sex, you make terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking on Craigslist. Like I told somebody this, and they're like shocked about this i'm like i told somebody i'm like yeah i've had sex with a crackhead before like i didn't i didn't know they were on crack till they got to my apartment like i drove half an hour to get them so i'm like yes obviously we're having sex like i mean i'm not doing the crack he is yeah it's- yeah <laughs> and looking back on some of the hookups i've had i'm like oh you're you definitely were on something I remember but, walking into a hookup one time and he literally had the glass pipe in his mouth. I'm like, nope, nope. That's that's my line. I found it and going. Yeah. Again, when I was older, first time I had a three or when I because I didn't lose my virginity until I was like 22. So like so 22 through like 24, I made some of the worst decisions ever. Like I had people doing Tina in my apartment, like the first time I had a threesome, and I'm like, I'm like, it's okay. It's like luckily I knew what it was, because that's that's the thing where it's like if you're around drugs and you don't know what they are, that's why I say gay people have to be so smart because we have to know the street names for everything too. So oh, that yeah. way we're really all for shit. Like, oh, you want to party? Yeah, I love dancing. Let's go dancing. I did that too. I did, I and they're crazy. like, uh, yeah, we, we can dance and party. I'm like, aren't they Simon Tansy? He's like, no, 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 no. no. I'm like, uh, I walked around a party. <laughs> I walked around a party asking where Tina was. Um, cause Christina was a friend of mine that we went to the party with. <laughs> and I, I, I had one guy come up and goes, oh, we really need to like, not, not, no, that. no. He goes, 
I didn't know you had a meth problem. I'm like, excuse me, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? And like asking for Tina, I was like, yes, Tina Becky. Wait, where is the girl I came with? Oh, that's that's what it's like to like be gay. You have to educate yourself so much more than a default person. Like the straight people do not have to worry about that. They can get into it, but it's not a majority of their lifestyles. And it's so niche to find gays that don't do anything because all the gays are like, yeah, this is fine. This is fine. We can do this and that. So you have to be very aware of like what your surroundings is and what you're saying yes to. Yeah. Actually, literally, that's that's literally my next question: is what's your relationship to drugs and alcohol? Like, I love literally. that. I, like the I love that. I like having a good. Time. <laughs> I I I love that. <laughs> I I don't have a bad relationship. I had one really bad incident when I was um, on GHB, and I was like, "This is not for me." Also, I don't know why we are a ton of fucking faggots who are doing a drug that you have to use a timer for and measure out. We're not chemists. And we're doing this already fucked up. And now in a crowded dark room, I don't need any of that. I can't do simple math. Why would I do this? They're milliliters. It's a date rape drug. It's literally a date rape drug. (laughs) I feel good on it. Hey, look, I've done (laughs) I'm like, I have, I'm like, the girls are like, the, oh, this is free, no thank uh, you. As the, we're putting out our drinks, we're like, just two, please. The worst is, <laughs> as you turn on, it's pitch black, everyone's fucked up, and you have the one A who has the phone up with the light looking down while the other one measures. I'm like, I wouldn't trust you to do that sober. <laughs> but if someone else measures it for me, I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I enjoy things rec- like recreationally. Um, yeah. My boyfriend and I, will, we love a craft cocktail. For two people who don't know how to bartend or make drinks, we're real pricks about it. Um, oh, yeah, margaritas. The, the yeah, of all the drinks, the of all the drinks to be a prick about, we're like, this margarita is terrible. What, what is, don't bring me something else. I've mean, um, heard so many stories. I'm like, stop ordering margaritas. They, I had one good one out of 585. Well, <laughs> does not mean you should ever order it. But like our schedule too keeps us very regimented. Like, yeah, we went out um, Thursday night to dinner, and we were done dinner by 10. And the next day, though, we felt terrible because like it was just our our schedules requires to be like so up early and active right so now on the flip side of things um on the weekends i tend to have a small problem (laughs) i'm just like well i'm not working today so let's go like after this i was gonna take a nap that's not gonna happen I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a martini. <laughs> it's espresso um, time. And DC is a very, very drink-heavy city. The happy hour here is wild because many people work for the government and like just drugs. They can't do that. Um, yeah. Versus like versus a few other places I've been where it's like not the most happy hour city, but like it's still like party hardy, like San Diego. Um. Yeah, in, in summary, I like them. Well, work. 
Well, first of all, you said DC is like a very walkable city. That that makes for things like being able to drink more. Because oh yeah, oh I COVID during COVID we had the the little packet like they just they were just pouring booze in sandwich bags and yeah, handing them out. They made like the adult Capri Suns. So when COVID finally like went away ish, like everyone, yeah. like, everyone, everyone, other cities like you can't drink outside. DC, you'll I will walk up the goddamn road with a roadie no one gives a shit yeah please don't cancel me again everyone watching this i will say i will say that to like the reason why i don't drink when i perform now so i had like a night where i was getting handed drink and after drink after drink after drink people just buying me stuff i wasn't buying stuff for myself and then i got in my car and i had to drive an hour home Mm. I actually, as I say, nothing, nothing bad happened, but like I almost made it all the way home, and then that's when I got pulled over by a cop. Mm, it's always the last. It's always the last. <laughs> and you're like, mm. no. Nope, and, and then, like, luckily, my dad picked me up, so I didn't get a DUI. So, like, but like, it's it's not it like a lot worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Well, that's why I don't understand. Like, I'm a person that as soon as I have the first drink, I will not touch a vehicle at all. I've seen so many friends get into DUIs. It's like, oh, it's only five minutes away. Like, we have Uber now. We have more yeah. than enough ability to get home safely. Yes, it's 20 extra bucks. But have I gotten on a, a, a city bike hammered? Yes. Have I eaten my face on a city bike hammered? Yes. Yeah. And then, like, in terms of drugs, I will say I'm the one gay who hasn't done drugs. So, like, (laughs) I had, like, probably, like, as I say, the only thing I got quote-unquote addicted to. So, like, I have bone spurs in the heels of both of my feet. Oh, that's so painful. Yeah, they're definitely painful. They're a lot better now that I work a desk job. But back before I had health insurance, I had, like, a crazy problem with ibuprofen. I used to take, like, 18, 24 pills a day. Oh, my God. I take six. That's Jesus. Yeah. And then I had to step back once I got health insurance. I'm like, this is not going to be good for me long term. I need to stop yeah. doing this. Like, Yeah. Take that milk pill. Go, go kill your organs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. But Like, pot doesn't do anything for me. Nothing. Zero. I, I just, I will. It's, I, I, I enjoy the fine powders. And drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Work. So, what are your thoughts on how the well, on what's happening to the LGBT community today? I am in a. This is a, this is a trap. I have incredibly <laughs> militarized. I'm a, quite the extremist now, and I feel that there's no high road anymore. I think we should meet violence with violence at this point. This is, again, I, it, it is probably, that is probably the most uneducated answer anyone could possibly give. But I, I just feel that a lot of straight people or like breeders have become very empowered in what they can do to us. And I'm like, okay, you want to have your religious freedom? Okay, let me take mine. And I'm like, if you you want to uh, if no you, you know what if you if you believe this you can't come to class or if you're this way I'm not going to serve you 
I'm just not. It's my religious freedom to do so. Well, what's your religion? Faggot. <laughs> well, we have fucked these fights yeah. fully yeah. already. We've already gone through all these stages, and now it's back in full force mm-hmm. again because of and what is going on in the world. They and it's the uh, the other side of things. Even if it's very against the law, like I don't care. There's no what are repercussions they have? Nothing. They're just doing it yeah. regardless. I'm like, okay, so why don't we do it? And the smart thing get faced with the repercussions. Yeah, the smart thing is like if we if we were to meet something with actual violence, if they just use it as oh the trans community, the gay community, they're violent now. We got to really put them down. It's just all how they they spin the story. Yeah, it's it's so hard. I get I get where you're coming from because it's like you want to be like you want to be like Gandhi and like very peaceful. That's what I try and be, but it's like. But it's like you have to be like Malcolm X. Like you have to fight back, unfortunately. And like I'm, I'm also I'm not really practicing, but I'm Jewish as well. And that just that's a whole another level of hate and stupid. I remember the day of the insurrection here. Um, it was still COVID, so like we couldn't teach classes inside. So I was teaching right. an outdoor class, and my background in college was um, uh, world diplomacy and. Uh, Soci- uh, sociology of genocide and at this point in my life I had only seen swastikas for research purposes museums the sound of music and yeah. I remember teaching and looking up and four men were walking by with swastika armbands I don't shut the fuck up I was silent I had no idea what to do I just looked at my class I was like class is over we need everyone needs to leave right now and go home and then my boyfriend calls me he goes we need to get out of the city right now we have to leave and we got out of the city and then the insurrection happened oh yeah i that's literally i didn't even think to ask about that so like i just thought that so it's like this is fucking wild but it's but it's like being there so obviously you felt you had to leave. So like clearly this was in some ways you don't want to say that it's it's like this, but it was almost as bad as like your 9-11 in a way. Somewhat. A lot less right. dead people. Um, I mean, I'm, I mean that that part, but like uh, it, it was just it was just a nap. It, it is this was it's still a national tragedy. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just wild to see that much blind hatred in one spot. Also, blind a ton of different blind hatred, too. Like, you have these people who are just so anti-gay. Then you have these people who are just out there saying six million Jews dead weren't enough. I'm like, what do you... What, what do you, you say? What do you yeah. do for? I also... We live right next to the Capitol. My, like, we are Equinox. The one we worked at, we had to stop Nazis from coming in the door. That was a real thing. Um, and then we we lived next to this hotel that all the most horrible people stay in. Like, children carrying anti-abortion signs and terrible rednecks. Like, D.C., there's a protest for everything here now. It truly is. And that's not going to stop because unfortunately... Yeah. Because it's like cult mentality. Like it you is just cult feel mentality. like you have to be in that to build that community. And that's all we're like seeking for in our gay communities. Have somebody that has your back. Have somebody that will fight for you. And you want to 
you weren't with us when we were having this conversation. You had said, um, Sean had said, Sean Claire had said something, and it made me think of you. It's um, how what you were saying with like gays, like we have a community, right? We, yes, and maybe in our own community, we fucking hate each other. Like, but like gays see each other. We have a safe community. Why are these giant, like what you said, cults, so profound in the fucking like streets? Because they have no sense of community. They're just seeking yeah. it so fucking hard. And they finally find it, and it's not it's not healthy, but it feels the same. It kind of gives mm-hmm. you the same nostalgia and everything like that. So you will just say whatever they tell you to say because mm-hmm. you don't want to lose that. Oh my god, you're actually gay? I'm actually gay, but we can't say that. So let's just hate gays. Oh, that part too. Yeah, it's just like you don't feel safe. That's why like, I will say when all the like drag bands and shit were happening in Florida, luckily I wasn't performing. I was mainly doing this. So like, I felt safe because I'm like, you could ban all the drag you want out there. You're not going to come into my house. Mm Mm-hmm. And come after me. But and, there are some people, that's their livelihoods. Like, that's how they make money. And it's not, it's, I kept trying to have, to keep telling myself too, this isn't the mentality of the majority. It's just a smaller group is much louder. It's the only thing that squeaky wheel and has, that hurt the most for the attention. Yeah. And then they have, I, I, that was, <laughs> I know. They're so rude to me. <laughs> But it's like it's just sad that this smaller group has a powerful voice in decision making situations right now. Right. Because most people don't support a drag band. Most people don't hate the gays. But if you look at it, it's because they're so specifically focused and they will steamroll absolutely anything. And when it comes to when you're more peaceful, you're more adaptable. So you're more willing to say, okay, yeah, that doesn't really work. And we come to the table and have that conversation. These people that are only out there seeking one thing, which is hatred, which is pushing people away, which is pushing people down. That's not what America was built on. America is supposed to be the melting pot. And we're taught this in history class when we're young. And yet it's so segregated. Again, that's where community is saying, I understand that you are in my presence and I might not understand everything that you're saying, but I know that you're a human at the very end of the day. And that's all that matters. I can go home with my own beliefs and all that, but I'm not going to interfere out in the community because that's not my right. And in them, right. when people, we, we, we formed these communities because we were outcasts. We were, we were like yep. not a part of the normal. Now we have these communities, we have our gay bars and now these terrible, awful straight people want to come into our space and like, okay, well, why can't I be here? Like those fucking women trying to sue over a, a, a gay resort that doesn't want women there. Okay, we, we, we made these communities and these safe spaces to get away from you guys. And now you want to come into the space and get pissy at us because we're not letting you in here. Wow, that's interesting that you say that. So when you say women, are they, you talking about like they don't want straight people there? Or are they like. Were the resort in Florida that, uh, that was being sued by some woman who, and uh, please know I am paraphrasing this entirely. I should probably read the book overall. Um, that was trying to sue them because it was an all men's only resort. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, that's. And she felt discriminated. It was a white woman, probably. And she felt discriminated against. Or you have, on the other side, you have these safe spaces like our gay bars, where now these straight men are waiting outside for us to like 
attack us or they're trying to get in to do the same or the or ones who do, bring their boyfriends yeah. in there and then they have these yeah. issues and problems it makes our spaces not safe for us mm-hmm. there's plenty of um places out in Phoenix that's where i used to go all the time that are Oof. now just heterosexual Fucking awful and it brings all the trash and riffraff and fighting and all this You're, into our spaces straight women will bring their boyfriend then their boyfriend gets hostile i would get super hostile i'm like you're in our space you fucking twat if you're going to be an ally teach your boyfriend better pick better boyfriend mm-hmm. i'm like you're not much of an ally if like <clears throat> actually usually there's not much of an ally at all you're not no bachelorette party's an ally anytime you make an excuse for somebody else there's the red flag it's time to move it's almost like i heard somebody say this like when bachelorette parties where like women go into like they essentially treat gay bars as like a circus or, or as a zoo it's like literally it's just like oh let's just stare at these people ha huh? let's laugh at them it's like you can go anywhere anywhere and like fucking be accepted mm-hmm. not everyone of us can go everywhere because they, they, yeah. they don't understand that it's totally like Mm-hmm. Oh. Or it's like when they say, I have my gay best friend. I'm like, no, he's just your best friend. Period. That's it. We're not a commodity. We're not an accessory. Oh, I'm like, I love it when some, some girl's like, oh, I have all my gays. I'm like, I promise you, you're not the bitch queen of the gays. Let me <laughs> uh-uh, no. no, 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 no. Oh, I have, I have my little gays here. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. We own you. It's because at some point, especially those people were probably raised on like the movies where like having a gay best friend was like fashionable. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I wanted to be a Disney gay so badly. I wanted to be on like, oh, was it the Disney where they're like in middle school and high school and you had the one effect. My sister told my mother she knew I was gay because I reminded her of the Disney Channel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I wanted to be like the gay, I wanted to be Ariana Grande's gay best friend. Mm. Then I was like, I just want to be Ariana Grande's friend. Yeah, they just be Ariana Grande, and then all no every other day, <laughs> that hair. Oh, yeah, we can buy you that hair. No, we can't buy me that voice. <laughs> that that. <laughs> See, that's the obsession. I will say there are certain things I've gone. I have said this, but I haven't gotten shit for it yet. I'm gonna get shit for it one day. I don't understand the gay's obsession with every female singer. Like I do not get the gay's obsession with Beyonce. I just I don't get it. Okay, so I'm I'm just waiting for like a rock to instantly get thrown through your window. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really don't want to get shot. I mean, a big thing is like if you break it down, she is a business move woman. She yeah her work. She mm-hmm. gets her coin, and you can't at any level like you do not care for her. Like same, I feel the same about Taylor Swift. She yeah. works out. Her entire business, she is a mogul. She gets everything done. Mm-hmm. She has built a cult for herself that funds her. That's yep. the biggest pyramid scheme to this day. So you can't knock them for that. She they are the American no, no, okay. Okay. I will say this. I like Beyonce. I'm gonna say that first. My thing is like the giant obsession. I don't get like when there was a giant obsession with Gaga, I got that. Like the I completely got that. I heard was explaining like gay icons to uh straight people are like it's miss piggy it's the barefoot contessa it's yeah. and then it's beyonce what <laughs> I, 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 everything I, I, yeah yeah anything to be honest it's just 
she's a rallying point. Like just, she's such a free person. And I guess a lot of like her, Taylor Swift, name other people, please. We just want to like have that ability to just be us. I think at the end of the day, you just want to be that free and unapologetic yeah. yourself. Yeah. I, mean, so I think that's where it comes down to. That's why we have Miss Piggy in the back as well. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Megan. Oh, Megan. Well, the doll Megan. It's like... <laughs> Look, I have my own icons. Like, I, like, my boyfriend loves Taylor Swift. Um, I love Rihanna. Everybody loves Rihanna. Yes, I love Rihanna, too. Like, Rihanna's amazing. Party of everybody just loves Rihanna. I just, I want her to make new music so badly, and she's like, I don't need to. Fair. And it's like every gay has a like messy person that they love. Like I will say this. I will forever like, especially her older stuff. I will forever live for Wendy Williams. Like just. (laughs) We all want to love our messy selves as well. (laughs) Those are the projections. Who's my messy person? You're a <laughs> Cameron. Do I like any messy celebrities? He ignored me entirely. <laughs> oh, Brandon. You can say Brandon. He is. He like is <laughs> <laughs> One of our friends is a below deck, a fun below deck star, and I'm like, you're, oh. you're a trash can. <laughs> I love you. Of course, all gays have friends who are, have been on reality TV at some point. Like, I want to be that. I would love to be a reality star. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I can be a mess. You want me to go flip a table, set a car on fire? I will gladly do that for someone to watch me. I do it. Well, the unfortunate thing is you're dating somebody because I would say, like, if you want to do like a smaller one, you could do like for the love of Dilfs. Like, that would be. I would still do it. <laughs> you would still do it. <laughs> relationship is too much for me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, these are these are fully scripted. Let me just let me just play the part. It's acting. It's not reality TV. Mm-hmm. Like, that, if you move this light here and put that shadow there, it looks like he's in me, but he's not. No, that's why I interviewed. I've interviewed three people from that show. One of who actually hates that the fact that they were on that show. It's actually somebody that, like, you follow, Kyle. Which was, um, DeMilo. Oh, I love him. He's super yeah. sweet. I met him, yeah. I, I met him in uh, DC Pride, and then yeah. bumped into him in New York Pride. He was yeah. a dancer. Yeah. 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 DeMilo, I fucking love. That's He's so my, great and so yeah. talented. Yeah, so, yeah. Across the board, artistically talented. Yeah. Definitely, like... Lives in the woods. Demilo? No, I know. I know where Demilo lives. Like he was like he, he was like I, I'm painting these things like out in the woods. I was like, yeah, good for you. And like I will say this now that everybody got to hear his album because like the thing was, it was a secret that he gave to like certain people. And, like he gave it to me because I interviewed him about the album, so I had it like a month before it came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, I cannot wait for everybody to hear this album. You are so fucking talented. Like. Yeah. His art is beautiful. He has a, a, yeah. a big display up in um, Fire Island. Yeah. So, like, he was the one who he didn't like all the stuff, and, like, I found out clearly like, he didn't show up for the reunion. I'm like, okay, that shows me how you think about the show. <laughs> I just want to be a housewife. <laughs> I, can make, I can be dramatic like a housewife. 
be great. <laughs> I couldn't name one of the, I could only name one housewife in any of the franchises. I'm trying to think. I don't watch the franchises. That's why. Ooh. I watch cartoons. I, pro- I could probably name three. <laughs> Teresa Judice. That's it. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'll name her, Nene Leakes, and I think who else? Okay. Oh, apparently I can only name two. Oh, and Lisa Vanderpump. There's a third one. Okay. <sighs> so, what's the biggest misconception about the two of you? We're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> I get asked if I'm Cam all the time. I'm like, nope, not Cam. <laughs> like, we've become such good best friends. Like, we have automatic chemistry when we're on the camera because we're having the dumbest time together. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, oh, you guys are boyfriends. Like, nope, he has a beautiful, blonde, big butt boyfriend at home that does not want to be on the camera. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, and sex sells. Like, like the cute little underwear sells, the, the sex jokes yeah. sell. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. Shit. Also, like, gays are just naturally more, like, for lack of words, intimate with each other than, Yeah. You'll have friends that you just don't cuddle on the couch with. There's mm-hmm. a cuddle puddle everywhere. We're constantly touching each other out in their groups. So like mm-hmm. it's just the gay way. And also, like we, he both he and I have like really gotten each other through some of like the hardest times, like in our yeah. Life. And it, like we're very much a safe space for each other. Yeah. So like, if we're out and hammered, instead of me crawling like. It, me crawling on like somebody else randomly i'm like all right you're you're the safe space and at least like camera knows like if you and i out we're always gonna make sure that we're okay keep each other safe like just being best friends has been the nicest relationship that i've been in for a long time (laughs) yeah and it's like we have i say gay people have different relationships with their guy friends clearly than like straight men because we like we actually open up to each other Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, having that emotional connection is so much different. Oh yeah, and it's like I will say the one thing, the one misconception about me is that some people think I'm shady. It's not that I'm shady; I'm just blunt and honest. Mm-hmm. Like, if I think you're untalented, I'm gonna tell you you're untalented. Sorry, they've gotten really both him and Cameron have gotten really good at like reading my body language and face. Like, if someone's coming in and they're a certain way, a mess, or something like that, before it even bubbles up out of my throat. Either Use one your nice voice to turn around. Like, camera look at you goes, fix your face. Fix your face. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't, is it that bad? Yeah, or like, I'll start saying something, you can hear it getting, like, pointed, and they'll, like, pinch me or something. It's like, no, 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 no. Not it's right like, now. Okay. No fires here. As I'm very much a, I'll talk behind your back, and to the side, and to the front. It doesn't win me many things. <laughs> well, I will I will say it to people who I feel can take it. Like there yeah. have been plenty of times I have like a shadiest moments compilation that I put together, and it's like literally me just saying like there was somebody with the gayest voice that I was interviewing, and I'm like literally casting you to be straight would be like casting me to play Samuel L. Jackson. Like nobody's believing this. Like <laughs> I thought you were black this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I have, my entire world has just been changed. <laughs> I thought I was Olivia Rodrigo. 
work. So anyway, it was great getting to meet the two of you. It was great getting to talk to you. Yeah, this, this usually like when we've done like like little interviews or like just talking, sometimes it's it doesn't it doesn't flow as easy as this. This is wonderful. Yeah, it's very oh, thank you. Yeah, I looked at I had some little live timer in the car. I was like, we've been doing this for two hours. Holy shit. Well, that's because like I know I'm almost done. It's literally like my interviewing inspiration, like other than Wendy Williams, would be like Howard Stern, and like Howard Stern is like the influence of like doing those intimate moments. I know some gay people are shocked by that, but it's like <laughs> I my I grew up watching Howard Stern because like yeah parents. I'm like ah wait this is acceptable. We can do this. <laughs> what this is what's acceptable? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's why I say I didn't have to go to college. Like, some people go to journalism school, and it's like, why? If you just watch people interview a few people enough, you just learn how to do it. There's enough free things on the internet that you can get it. Yeah. There's I so many people that don't use their degrees. Not me. I'm $35,000 in debt. <laughs> that's America. I don't use my degree either. I literally have a... I didn't, I didn't finish college, so I went to a technical school. I have a degree in audio engineering and music production. And that does more for you. That doesn't no, because it's like my thing is I have no problem producing music. I produce my own beats when I write songs. No problem. You tell me I have to sit there and engineer a person's sound. I just sit there and like move a level. Like no, I, I would fucking kill myself if I had to do that every day. Like, <sighs> no. But anyway, with that being said, this is Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and I hope you've enjoyed. Thank you so much. Thank you.